The following program is intended for mature audiences. People of Earth, attention. People of Earth, attention. This is a voice speaking to you from thousands of miles beyond your planet. Look, I love Gary. He's fantastic. Good job you're doing, boy. What a good reputation. Thank you very much, Gary. And you're listening to the Martian Revelation Strap Insight. Go to www.thefacesofmars.com. That's www.thefacesofmars.com. According to a new report in the New York Times, the U.S. government may have physical evidence of, and we're quoting, off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Surely the days of the great Martian Revelation are upon us. America is fulfilling our destiny as peacemaker, but it is peace through strength. We are stronger now than ever before. Our weapons are at an advanced level like we've never had before, like, frankly, we've never even thought of having before. As president, I have rejected the failed approaches of the past, and I am proudly putting America first. So let's just take a look at uh, a little roll. Let's roll it, please. Have you taken a cognitive No, test? I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. We've been doing everything we can do to keep Biden from being the nominee. And guess what? We tried it in, in Iraq. It's not working. So now we're going to try. I mean, in Iran. Excuse me. We tried in Ukraine. And it get hot. I got a lot of I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. How do you explain the performance and why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? Number one. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> Secondly, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, it, it, no, no, but I mean, think of, I mean, it's, uh, it's not about, I, I know you're supporting by saying booing, but look, here's the deal. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Very poor choice of words. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. 
We have a whole group of lawyers who are going out to every polling, every uh, uh, voter registration physician in the states, the secretaries of state, making sure that they, in fact, have a game plan as to how they're going to allow the voting to take place. You know, anyway, we've acted together. We have never, never, never been unable to overcome whatever the problem was. I that's what I think my plan. I know what my plan does. That's why I made it a priority my entire career to work closely with you. From the time I got to the Senate 180 years ago, <laughs> you know, as well as my tenure as vice president. We choose truth over facts. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in a debate. What's with this guy? He doesn't want You're to a senator. The I'm not going to answer the question Why because, you answer that because question? the you question is of, what's with this guy? The new question Supreme is, Court Justice, the radical question, left. Will you shut up, your, man? Listen. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. <laughs> what kind of country are we going to be? Four more years of George. Uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. Folks, we got a lot of work to do. I don't really need you to get me elected. I need you once I'm elected. Thank you very much.
the truth. Peace sells. But who's buying? It is an easy to figure out answer after listening to what we just heard. But if peace through strength is what secures peace, then those who are buying of that peace is also buying our strength. Therefore, the obvious answer is China. And the ones who is selling is the Bidens and many other corrupted traitors of the commie crabs and certain corrupt Republicans within our government who need to be removed immediately and dealt with. They're trying to seal the steel of our rights and our freedoms and our right to a vote that counts. Selling our peace to enemy nations who are buying and already have paid to receive our strength. Wake up! But good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all you ETs out there on the bite waves of the internet and wherever you're at down through time monitoring this show. I'm Gary Legia, the Mars Revealer, known also as the Mad Martian, and I would like to welcome you all to the Martian Revelation that is upon you all again now. Welcome to the Bazaar. And today is December 5th of 2020, or the 6th, depending upon your time zone, as this airs through time. And you're listening to this broadcast through Global Enlightenment Radio Network stream, and also through the Martian Revelation Show YouTube stream live at www.thefacesofmars.com. That's right, which everyone knows your defense for the war, which we all fight against the evil dark mission is. We're all leading you away from the light and the truth and manipulating you all instead to help you open your wallets and your pocketbooks to only join their dark-sided special clubs and their special subscriptions that only allows them more power to continue to mislead you all and to steal you all away from the truth that they themselves not wish to face or even admit to. Hell, let alone even talk about. Yeah, UFO Diaries. Faces on Mars. Cover-up controversy. Down through time. Huge conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. Okay. (laughs) That's right, but the Martian Revelation is 100% listener-supported, with no special clubs or any special subscriptions to join. So if you're a listener, please help support the Martian Revelation show again, which is your only defense of that war which we all fight against evil dark mission is. (laughs) And we're trying to work with the goal each week to bring you the truth one show at a time. So please share the facesofmars.com link, and I must also ask you all, though, that you please donate to the show with anything that you can afford by clicking on the big red, white, and blue American Donate button at the top of the show page to allow it to continue being here for you down through time. As it is because of you, the listener, of which makes the Martian Revelation possible to be brought to you all back through time. So your listenership and your donation support actually counts. And it helps us all to not only fight, but to also win against those evil dark missionaries. <laughs> as well as to secure a future which we all could literally make the Martian revelation our reality. By what? By making our fate. But you know how else you can help make our fate? Is by advertising or sponsoring this show. You could advertise your business, your products, your books, whatever it is that you would like to advertise. Or even if you have a message that you would like to have advertised on the show, heard all around the world, and kept in the archives as well, where it will always be heard. And those archives are hit constantly. But no special clubs or special subscriptions. So if you'd like to advertise on this show, sponsor it. You especially need to jot this down, MarsRevealer at gmail.com. MarsRevealer at gmail.com. That's my email. 
And using that email address of MarsRevealer at gmail.com. You can send me messages, questions, music, or artwork, or guest requests, or even if you wish to request to be a guest, or anything else that you would like to speak to me about. Especially if it has to do with any old yet new image data showing other faces of Mars taken by the Viking orbiters from 1976-82 that was seen in a video that's also seen on the facesofmars.com page called UFO Diaries. Yeah, UFO Diaries. Cydonia, Discover the Earth-Mars Connection. It's only a 22-minute long video, and you'll be very surprised to see who's more than two-thirds of it. My name is Richard C. Hoagland who is also the same person who encouraged me years ago to investigate into these images and into that video. And the dude is serious legwork, because I'm just too swamped at present. That was his exact words. Now, down through time, we're more acclimated. We understand what that means. What's Trump trying to drain now in the Patriots? The swamp. The dark side, the bad guys, the controllers, the ones that want to keep us down on the farm. So Hoagland was telling us in code back then, he was too swamped at present. He's part of the swamp, which does not want the secrets out. Again, and upon my follow-up investigations and that, getting to the producers. The fascination of the faces on Mars for me and in, in, uh, in my fascination with Richard Hoagland, who's been the, the big mover and shaker and all of that. The investigation led back to him, and then all of a sudden he wanted it stopped. To derail it, not just derail it, but try to derail me, to destroy my life, and this show, <laughs> to prevent you all from seeing and knowing about the truth, or even just asking questions, no matter what still the truth is, questions need to be asked and answered, to get to the truth, not what you think you know, or what you think you want to know, or what you think the answers are, or to steer people in a certain way, to think the way that you do, while asking for special clubs and special subscriptions, <laughs> and not allowing what the people would really want to ask, basic questions to get the truth of? Well, I'm suspicious. Uh, we got them from Hoagland, we got them from NASA, and there you are. I mean, one of them's going to say, yeah, those are ours. Which are our pictures. It led back to him. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. So when I say NASA, I want to be very clear. I'm NASA and you're not. And that's what the acronym stands for. The great mystery at this point seems to be if the Enterprise mission and its colleagues can find all this and so much more. Then why can't NASA? Or is there something more? Is it possible that they have seen what we have seen and also understand what's really there, but have a reason to keep silent? He says to stop further investigation into mysterious pictures. Damn it, are you fucking with me? Mr. Hoagland says they are evidence of intelligent life. You, you, you need to get more down in the weeds and look at some of the weird stuff going on behind the scenes around those faces of mars that are seen in that video are not seen in any nasa public archive especially for viking as it literally took me a year and a half to process the viking orbiter archives and they're not in them but the thing is long story short the producers charles e sellier of once grizzly adams productions god rest his soul and the lee eric shackleford had stated that richard hoagland provided those images I mean, Mr. Salier in an email wrote to me, too. These files came from Richard Hoagland. Why would he be needing them from us? Especially after all this time, I add. Since that video was made, it was released in 93. 
That means Hoagland provided them with those images before 93, at least. You know, a lot of people will think that your conspiracy theories make you stark raving mad. Well, I'm suspicious. I'm NASA and you're not. <laughs> so check out that video and check out the faces images that are in that video that I'm on the hunt for. So if you're someone who works on the inside that knows about these images. The faces on Mars. Or has access or knows the information that could guide us to where they are. <laughs> you can remain anonymous. Your anonymity will be respected and upheld. And we all respect you and commend your nuts for doing so in advance. I could be and will be your public sector. You could remain all of our private sector. Or even if you have any other knowledge of any other, even modern space imagery that shows very implicating things that we the people have a right to see and to know about and that we should know about, about what's really not just on Mars but anywhere in space. Even if you're for an international space agency who hears this show, which I know they do, especially in Russia and Europe, the commie Chinese... I don't want none of you. But I encourage the rest of you all also to email me at marsrevealer at gmail.com. Again, that's marsrevealer at gmail.com. Just remember also that if you're listening to this Martian Revelation show, then know this, that you are the resistance down through time. So we got a cool show for you all tonight. We're going to have return guest Colby Branson on with us, as well as Sword coming out of the shadows. But until then... We must all understand that the days that we're in, not only are we in the space race, okay, to try to secure the higher ground, which will ultimately dominate and control the Earth. The fact of the reality is that we are under such attack right now by enemies of this nation and from within to take not only our freedoms and our rights again away, as well as our right to vote or whatnot, but they're trying to take our Constitution away and control us into a one-world order where the commie Chinese are the new superpower, the new number one, and there's no room for number two. Now, there's lots of evidences coming out more and more about this, not only regards their antics within our companies in the United States, but also throughout our government. And that's an existential threat to this nation and to we the people, let alone of a space race to win. Their objective is that if they win, and in their eyes when they win, we will not, as a nation, we will not even be in space, having any place. This nation would be destroyed. They were doing that for previous decades, destroying our space programs, destroying what it means to be an American. And people are surprised that people are in cahoots with these commie Chinese. This wasn't what the plan was supposed to do, especially with the so-called reset. Yeah, reset. Cancel out all history and everything else and make a new history based upon what this new world order wants us to have with the commie Chinese leading the way. I don't think so. That ain't going to be our reality. We'll fight and die for that to prevent that from happening. And when they had their way, that's what they would expect us all to do anyhow. And before President Trump was elected the first time, they were trying to control... Russia into a war with us. They were the ones surrounding them, drawing them out, pushing the bear, surrounding them with missiles, trying to urge a war so that they could have this great reset. Well, they couldn't have that. President Trump came in, no war. They went their war, and he started dismantling the deep state and their treasonous antics around the world and within this country. 
So looking at it through those eyes, we can see that because of President Trump, we now have a space force. Something the commie Chinese definitely do not like and would be worried about if we still had our standing. But according to these clowns and those who work with them or for them, if they were to gain power from this election, they, they're going to try to strip all that. They're panicking. <laughs> And everyone's putting focus on Russia this, Russia that. Though Russia ain't no clan of good guys either. But the real threats, our real existential threat is not Russia. It's commie China. They had just come back from landing on the moon, a probe on the moon, and bringing back samples, leaving a Chinese flag on the moon. They're going to start building their military space station, I believe, next year. Listeners of this show could appreciate. And they have many other plans, and they have succeeded in many of their endeavors and their space missions in a much, much shorter time than we had when we were so-called a number one in space. Or a number one, period. It was an illusion. They were disillusioning us, disillusioning our nation, and destroying our dreams and our heritage. That's rightfully ours. Buying and stealing the secrets and our technologies that would give them an edge in this space race to utterly destroy us so that they can win the race and dominate and control over the earth. But is this far-fetched? No. It's the reality. And they're becoming more and more open about it. And this article from December 4th only goes to show a layer of icing of cake as it was as China slams U.S. national security allegations as hodgepodge of lies. But Beijing had lashed out at a claim by the U.S. intelligence chief that China is the greatest threat to democracy and freedom worldwide, calling it a hodgepodge of lies. Now, that's another thing, too. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. So when you hear the democracy, that's because of the commiecrafts, the democrats, and their democratic system, which is not constitutional, Republican for we the people. Now, but lo and behold, they're calling it a hodgepodge of lies of what people are stating about them and what's being found out. The war of words comes as relations between the two superpowers have spiraled to their lowest point in decades as Washington unveiled travel restrictions for members of the Chinese Communist Party. Again, this was from December 4th, so this news ain't that old. But again, it's a layer of icing a cake. But U.S. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said in a Wall Street Journal opinion piece that Chinese spies were using economic pressure to influence or undermine U.S. legislators. And they are. The evidence, again, is overwhelming. But the People's Republic of China poses the greatest threat to America today and the greatest threat to democracy and our constitutional republic and freedom worldwide since World War II, he wrote. Beijing hit back angrily. Ratcliffe only continues to repeat lies and rumors to slander and discredit China and wantonly play up the Chinese threat, said Chinese Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Chengying. See, that's all they got behind them is to deny, deny, plausible deniability while we outright can see their antics and what they're doing, especially to steal all our votes from us. You can't put nothing past these clowns. I think this is yet another hodgepodge of lies that the U.S. government has been cooking up lately. Right. This has been going on not lately. This has been going on for decades, enabling them to be able to make that stand 
with their finger up at us and poking at us and threatening us. But who are also accused the U.S. of being engaged in a Cold War mindset? You're damn right. Advocating major power competition and wantonly expanding its nuclear weapons arsenal. Right, and they have not been wantonly expanding their military and nuclear weapons arsenals, right? Who you bullshitting? But the world's two biggest economies have traded blows over the coronavirus, Chinese kung flu pandemic, trade and technology competition, espionage, human rights and media freedoms under the U.S. President Donald Trump's tenure. Right, we've been uh, all of that has been under attack from the commie Chinese and also commie Americans and other enemies around the world as well to influence not just the elections, but the demise of the United States of America, which was their plan. But the United States has repeatedly stressed that China is a grave threat to national security and Western democratic values, while China has accused the U.S. of seeking to contain its rise through unlawful means. Through unlawful means, we're seeking to contain their rise? Again, who you bullshitting? Under the new as travel rules, visas issued to party members and their immediate families will remain valid for just one month and for a single entry. That time period's almost up. But previously, some visas were issued that permitted unlimited entries and could remain valid for as long as 10 years. That's crazy! But that's from the commie Americans who are already sold out and bought out by these commie Chinese. But the United States shut down the Chinese consulate in Houston in July, calling it a center of espionage and harassment of Chinese nationals in the U.S. Hey, be lucky we don't string them up and skin them. But in retaliation, Beijing ordered the United States to vacate its consulate in Chengdu. Well, who gives a shit? I mean, really, what's the benefit there? They're not a friendly nation. But Hua also called for the United States to stop damaging U.S.-China relations and U.S.-China mutual trust and cooperation. Boy, this guy's really full of shit. What mutual trust and cooperation? It's only one-sided because they think we're all stupid. Now let's jump to December 18th as massive cyber attack grows beyond U.S. heightening fears. A devastating cyber attack on United States government agencies has also hit targets worldwide, with the list of victims still growing, according to researchers, heightening fears over computer security and espionage. And remember, this is many faculties of government, including NASA and many other businesses and government compartments. Microsoft said that it had notified more than 40 customers hit by the malware, which security experts say came from hackers linked to the Russian government, and which could allow attackers unfettered network access. See how they try to kick the ball somewhere else? No, no, nothing to see here. It ain't the commie Chinese. It ain't those that we've been selling out to and being bribed by and controlled by that we've committed treason for. It's the Russians, back to the Russians again, because these, these state fuckers really want their so-called reset on a global scale. Central banks cannot survive without the wars or the things that are being done to make this pretense that the world will simply follow them, and we, the people of all the earth, who are free or so-called free, would give up our rights and freedoms and our constitutionality. So look to the Russians, not that they're not involved. Remember, we know that Russia and China 
have had secret meetings. They've had joint military drills. They are birds of a feather as well as Iran. And all three seem to be involved in all this. So it's not a surprise or a secret. But someone really wants to help create that war with Russia. It'll be easier for the commie Chinese as this new one world global order superpower to really do what they want to achieve with even Russia out of the way. But again, security experts say that this massive cyber attack came from hackers linked to the Russian government and which could allow attackers unfettered network access. While roughly 80% of these customers are located in the United States, this work so far has also identified victims in seven additional countries, Microsoft President Brad Smith said in a blog post. Smith said the victims were also found in Belgium, Britain, Canada, Israel, Mexico, Spain, and the United Arab Emirates. It's certain that the number and location of victims will keep growing, Smith said, echoing concerns voiced this week by U.S. officials on the serious threat from the attack. This is not espionage as usual, even in a digital age, Smith said. Instead, it represents an act of recklessness that created a serious technological vulnerability for the United States and the world. John Dixon of the security firm Denim Group said many private sector firms which could be vulnerable are scrambling to shore up security, even to the point of considering rebuilding servers and other equipment. I think that's a no-brainer. But everyone is in damage assessment now because it's so big, Dixon said. It's a severe body blow to confidence, both in government and critical infrastructure. There's your mutual trust and cooperation, huh? The threat comes from a long-running attack, which is believed to have injected malware into computer networks using enterprise management network software made by the Texas-based IT company SolarWinds with the hallmarks of a nation-state attack. James Lewis, vice president of the Center for Strategic and International Studies, said the attack may end up being the worst to hit the United States, eclipsing the 2014 hack of U.S. government personnel records and a suspected Chinese infiltration. Nothing to see here, though. Easy to cover up by those connected to them being bought and paid to sell us out. But the scandal is daunting. We don't know what has been taken, so that is one of the tasks for forensics, Lewis said. We also don't know what's been left behind. The normal practice is to leave something behind so that they can get back in in the future. NSA warning. The National Security Agency called for increased vigilance to prevent unauthorized access to key military and civilian systems. Analysts have said that the attacks pose threats to national security by infiltrating key government systems while also creating risk for controls of key infrastructure systems such as electric power grids and other utilities. Yes, what about also nuclear missiles, weapons, and plants? But the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, said government agencies, critical infrastructure entities, and private sector organizations has been targeted by what it called an advanced persistent threat actor. CISA did not identify who was behind the malware attack, but private security companies pointed the finger at hackers linked to the Russian government. Of course... Bypass the commie Chinese, nothing to see here, just focus on Russia, which it also may be Russian, remember, they're in cahoots again with each other, and all of this could have been a ploy by them in the plot to unleash upon us at a time when they had a time frame of when to destroy this country.
U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo also suggested involvement by Moscow this past Monday, saying the Russian government had made repeated attempts to breach U.S. government networks. So-called President-elect Joe Biden expressed great concern over the computer breach, while Republican Senator Mitt Romney blamed Russia and slammed what he called inexcusable silence from the White House. What are they trying to silently claim again more Russian collusion on behalf of Trump? Because Trump ain't saying nothing that he's allowed the Russians to do this. But yet it's these commie American traitors who are covering up for China who are most likely the real culprits. And also their inexcusable silence of the Chinese connection because it leads back to them. Why? Maybe, in my mind, since many of them already bought and paid off or bribed or even blackmailed and to helping them to destroy this nation, gave them access. How do we know these people did not give them access? But Romney likened the cyber attack to a situation in which Russian bombers have been repeatedly flying undetected over our entire country. Sissa said the computer intrusions began at least as early as March this year, and the actor behind them had demonstrated patience, operational security, and complex tradecraft. Well, again... Yes, it could be Russia, but it also most likely could be in connection and or solely implicating the commie Chinese. But this threat poses a grave risk. Sissa said Thursday, adding that it expects that removing this threat actor from compromised environments will be highly complex and challenging for organizations. That's why you got to start weeding out the traitors as well. But hackers reportedly installed malware on software used by the U.S. Treasury Department and the Commerce Department, allowing them to view internal email traffic. The Department of Energy, which manages the government's nuclear arsenal, confirmed it had also been hit by the malware, but, it, but that it had disconnected affected systems from its network. Again, who knows how long they were in there and exactly what they got and what they left behind. But at this point, the investigation has found that the malware has been isolated to business networks only and has not impacted the mission essential national security functions of the department, including the National Nuclear Security Administration, said agency spokeswoman Shaylin Hines. Yeah, we're supposed to just believe that. SolarWinds said up to 18,000 customers, including government agencies and Fortune 500 companies, had downloaded compromised software updates, allowing hackers to spy on email exchanges. Russia, of course, has denied involvement. But notice how no one's pointing the finger again at China. And this is ironic, also on the same day of December 18th. Biden team warns of security risk after Pentagon halts briefings. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. The incoming administration of the falsely claimed president-elect Joe Biden won Friday that it said after it said the Pentagon suddenly halted briefings for the transition team. Gee, I wonder why. Why are you so surprised? But Johannes Abraham, executive director for the Biden transition team, said that he was concerned to learn this week about an abrupt halt in the already limited cooperation there. Again, is anyone surprised? And the truly elected President Donald Trump, who is refusing to acknowledge his election loss to Biden, until recently held back from allowing government agencies to cooperate with Biden's team, as is the custom. Again, a no-brainer why he would be doing that if that were so. And maybe it is. 
He's defending this nation. But yesterday on Friday, Trump's acting defense secretary, Chris Miller, said in a statement that the two sides had a mutually agreed upon holiday pause on briefings with military officials. <laughs> Why not? Abraham said that this was not true. There was no mutually agreed upon holiday break, he told reporters, warning that a failure to work together could have consequences well beyond Biden's inauguration in January, as if that's already etched in stone, which it's not. It's a false claim. And now they're bitching about working together? Who has been failing to work together all this time? Again, put two and two together. Are you surprised that all of a sudden they're stopping a process that's going that's already been going slow to pretty much halting it? Considering what we've been going over here. It's all related and relevant to the Martian revelation. But the latest stumble in what is traditionally a carefully choreographed handover of power between outgoing and incoming U.S. administrations comes as Washington reels from a massive, possibly Russian state cyber attack. Again, Russian, Russian, point the finger to Russia again, not the commie Chinese, who have had involvement and interaction in our voting process to try to oust Trump in something more that's than a coup, in my opinion. It's a direct attack on we the people and this nation. To destroy this nation. But there's no time to spare, Abraham said. Give me that intelligence information now. No. But Trump has yet to give a direct statement on the hacking breach or to comment on allegations by senior politicians and private cybersecurity companies that it was carried out by Moscow. Abraham said that the attack was of great concern and that under Biden, cyber attacks will meet a response inflicting substantial cost. Oh, you're so full of shit. You're the one enabling them and gave it away and already sold us out of our secrets again, our peace and strength. Remember? But according to Abraham, the Biden team has hope and expectation that the Pentagon briefings will recommence immediately. Yeah, why? Because the information you get, you could be given the information to the commie Chinese, right? And other enemies to let you guys know to see if how much we know of your interventions and of your plots and of your acts of war. But Pentagon says it's cooperating with transition, but Biden team disagrees. Acting Secretary Christopher Miller again cited that the Pentagon's cooperation and involvement in the White House transition process, pointing to participating in numerous interviews and fulfilling scores of information requests. The Biden team said, however, that it is not getting full cooperation. As of today, we have supported 139 interview sessions of more than 200 DOD personnel, 161 requests for information, and disclosed thousands of pages of non-public and classified documents exceeding prior transitions, Miller's statement says in part. It added, at no time has the department canceled or declined any interview. Our key focus in the next two weeks is supporting essential requests for information on Operation Warp Speed, which is the White House anti-Chinese Kung Flu pandemic campaign and the Chinese Kung Flu information to guarantee a flawless transition. Miller's statement mentioned a mutually agreed to holiday pause, which begins Saturday, but on Friday, Biden spokesperson Johannes Abraham again directly contradicted that claim. I don't know why these are being repetitive in this article. 
And let me be clear. There was no mutually agreed upon holiday break, Abraham said, that our agency review teams will be able to have access to the sort of information that is invaluable for keeping the homeland safe. See, they want to see what is being seen of their antics and their deeds, and they're not getting to see it. Now, don't you think that's a good thing? But we think it's important that briefings and other engagements continue during this period, as there's no time to spare. And that's particularly true in the aftermath of ascertainment delay, a reference to the delay by the administration of President Donald Trump in officially recognizing Biden as president-elect. Oh, and that's just there, again, trying to wipe out President Trump's and we the people's rights and constitutional laws that would help him and us to help keep our elections safe, to weed out the weeds, the commie weeds. That helps sell us out and are exposing those who have done what they've done to us. And now they want the information, potentially also showing of those deeds, and they're not getting to see it. Because we know when they get it, they're going to report it back to the commie Chinese. So, of course, why would President Donald Trump be forced to rush recognizing Biden as the president-elect when he has not been elected as president as of yet? It's not up to the media to decide who the president is. And there's also no such thing as an offense of a president-elect. Again, that's made up and controlled by other forces who are not elected leaders. But it also cites the Pentagon's participation with Biden's agency review teams, which are responsible for understanding the operations of each government agency to ensure, to ensure a smooth transfer of power. So maybe, obviously there's not going to be a, an ensurement of a smooth transfer of power, but a continuance of power for the president-elect true, President Donald Trump. Think about it. And the things that are going on by this nation to still retain its strength and integrity and its sovereignty, which really pisses off the commie Chinese and our other enemies, both foreign and domestic. But also to make another announcement. As I mentioned, we just returned from the Oval Office, and so it is my honor, on behalf of the President of the United States, to announce that henceforth, the men and women of the United States Space Force will be known as Guardians. Soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and guardians will be defending our nation for generations to come. So with that announcement, let me just say thank you again. I want to thank the, the members of Congress who are with us today. Thank you for the honor of your presence, but more importantly, thank you. Uh, thank you for your leadership in bringing us to this moment one year ago and the support that you've continued to provide to see to the launch of this new branch of our armed forces. But on behalf of your Commander-in-Chief, let me urge each and every one of you guardians to keep pushing. <laughs> keep pushing. Keep pushing the vision and the mission of the United States Space Force, which is to ensure that America remains as dominant in space and from space as we are on land and sea and air.
And to each one of you guardians, let me just say, each and every day from this day forward, I want to assure you that you will serve with the confidence of your Commander-in-Chief. You will serve with the confidence and gratitude of the American people. And I'm also convinced that those of you that will serve in the United States Space Force in this generation and generations to come will also go with the prayers of millions of Americans who will claim that ancient verse that promises that if you rise on the wings of the dawn, if you settle on the far side of the sea, even if you go up to the heavens, that there his hand will guide you and his right hand will hold you fast. That then will be our prayer for our guardians in this generation and for generations to come. So happy birthday to the United States and Space Force. God bless our guardians. God bless all the members of our armed forces. And God bless America. Semper Super. The Space Force, currently under the U.S. Air Force, was established in 2019 as a planned separate branch of the U.S. Military Command. It is expected to grow to about 20,000 members, currently about 2,500 personnel, largely transfers from the Air Force, are in the Space Force. The announcement came hours after General John Raymond, Chief of the Space Force, joined the Joint Chiefs of Staff as its eighth member. He had formally joined the group. The elevation of the force to the same status as the Army, Navy, and Marines is an indication of the government's acknowledgement of space as a military domain. We recognize space clearly as a war-fighting domain. General Mark Milley, the Joint Chiefs Chairman, said at a Pentagon ceremony inducting Raymond. Remember, this is the same General Mark Milley who in 2016 stated to a graduating class of officers, You'll be dealing with terrorists. You'll be dealing with hybrid armies. You'll be dealing with little green men. You're going to be dealing with tribes. You'll be dealing with national leaders and local leaders. You'll be dealing with politics and economics. And you'll be dealing with direct fire and indirect fire. And you're going to be dealing with it all. And it's all going to be dealt with simultaneously. And for that, you're going to have to be ready. And that's why readiness, in my mind, uh, is number one. But then he continues, we also know that we, the United States, we've got to maintain capabilities in that domain if we are going to continue to deter great power war, Milley said. This is an incredibly important organization for the United States military and for the United States as a country. And he's right. The Space Force Chief joins the Chairman, the Vice Chairman, the Army Chief of Staff, Commandant of the Marine Corps, Chief of Naval Operations, Air Force Chief of Staff, and the Chief of the National Guard Bureau on the body of military leaders and government advisors. By establishing the U.S. Space Force and having the Chief of Space Operations become a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, it demonstrates that our nation recognizes the critical role Space Force plays in national security, Raymond said at the ceremony. On Twitter, the Space Force said, The opportunity to name a force is a momentous responsibility. Guardians is a name with a long history in space operations, tracing back to the original command motto of the Air Force Space Command in 1983, Guardians of the High Frontier. 
The name Guardians connects our proud heritage and culture to the important mission we execute 24-7, protecting the people and interests of the U.S. and its allies. Guardians, hashtag Semper Supra. The Space Force's Latin motto, adopted in July, means always above. Indeed. Pence's announcement came on the same day Mike Hopkins, a U.S. astronaut aboard the International Space Station, was transferred from the Air Force into the Space Force. General Jay Raymond, Chief of Space Operations, said the new force was beyond excited to welcome its first astronaut. Nonetheless, Pence's announcement promptly familiar mirth on social media. As Military.com put it, space enthusiasts and military members were quick to point out the name Guardians evokes the Marvel Comics Guardians of the Galaxy film franchise about a motley crew of superheroes in space. Well, what about also Halo? Weren't they called Guardian? But with the Trump administration on its way out of power, don't be too sure of that. The future of the Space Force seems uncertain. On Saturday, the president tweeted that the authorization and startup of the Space Force would be seen as one of the Trump administration's great achievements. But as the Associated Press put it, delicately, President-elect Joe Biden has yet to reveal his plans for the Space Force and the next administration. Bullshit! He already did state some things, stating that he would be mainly detrimental to the, our race to space missions and endeavors, scaling back the moon missions and focusing on climate change instead. And regards to the Space Force, remember who he is and what he's done and what he's been doing and colluding and aiding and abetting the commie Chinese with. Again, to destroy this nation, let alone to prevent the Space Force from taking hold. Because that's where China is going and trying as damnedest at the moment to race to, to secure that high ground. To control the Earth and definitely destroy this nation. And this next article brings up the other importance of the need for a space force, which both Vice President Mike Pence and President Trump had stated the space force was needed to be created not just because of the obvious reasons from the threats from Earth and to protect our assets in low Earth orbit and allies and such, which helps our nation and nations run the world, but also to protect us from the threats coming from deep space. Now with that in mind, on December 7th, the day that will live in infamy, an article comes out, aliens are real. Trump was on the verge of confirming them, an Israeli general says. Now before I read into this, i like to play, which came out, I think on the 5th, from Stephen Ben Noon of Israeli News Live, had reported on this. So I want to play it real quick for you all. And just as a side note, I've been trying to contact Mr. Ben Noon to be a special guest to the show to speak about this and other subjects. I've been wanting to reach out to him for some time because he definitely fits in the realms of the Martian revelation on the past of which we walk to make our fate. But let's listen to this. Thank you for joining. Steve Benoon here with Israeli News Live. As we mentioned to you, those of you here on Patreon, Israeli News Live, former military space head Israel is losing its edge. This is an old article from 2011, but we're talking about none other than Prep Professor Chaim Ished. He's newly retired chief of defense ministry of space division, says Israel must increase funding for research. Well, he's just come out with a major bombshell of information. Uh, and I have a good friend, uh, 
that I have to think over in Israel, Israeli journalists that shared that, uh, shared that information with me. Can't mention his name here, but I'd love to. And I want to read to you what he sent to me. And actually, I'll, I'll share it with you so you can see for yourself uh, what was actually said. And he said, Professor Jaime Shed, who headed the Israeli space program, and he also was the father of the OFIC satellite, confirms with complete confidence the existence of aliens and cooperation with them. And these are his statements on the subject. Now, I have no idea when the statements were made. I'll try to get some clarification on this. So the UFOs have asked not to, to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Trump was on the verge of exposing them, but the aliens and the Galactic Federation said, wait, let the winds calm down first. They do not want to cause uh, us mass hysteria. They want to make us sane and understanding first. They have waited until today for humanity to evolve and to reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. <laughs> you know, I sit here and I think about this as I'm reading this, you know, about how I already know that the United States also has, there were our own space program. We have a base on Mars, as I've been told from inside intel sources in the U.S. government. Uh, but let me just continue on. There is an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They also signed a contract with us for conducting experiments here. They, too, are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe, and they want us as helpers. Maybe this is the reason why they want to put this little nanotechnology inside of your brain. And believe me, you don't need that little vac vacuum uh, cleaner injection in your arm to get that. Uh, they can do the little swab back there on the inside of your little brain when they stick that swab way up there. They got those little nanoparticles on that little Q-tip they stick in there and puts those little aluminum particles, little nanoparticles right into your brain. Maybe that's the experiments they wanted to conduct, right? There is an underground base in the depths of Mars, he says, and there are their representatives and also our American astronauts. Ah, I didn't even read that part yet. I told you guys that. If I had come up with what I say today five years ago, I would have been hospitalized, he goes on to say. In every academy that I published information about it in the past, they said, this guy went crazy. Today I hear people speak differently. I have nothing to lose. I have received my degrees and awards, and I am respected in universities abroad, and the attitude towards the subject also changes there. Well, Professor Jaime said, I have to agree with you. Uh, a lot of people think I'm nuts for saying anything about these things as well. But so I'm so glad to see that you said there is an underground base in the depths of Mars. That's interesting. In the depths of Mars, there are their representatives and also our American astronauts. So that's why we're at Mars. Well, what do you know? I think it's very interesting. I hope it's a blessing to many of you listening tonight. I'm Stephen Benoon with Israeli News Live. It's further reported that the claims by Isha had come a few months after the Pentagon had confirmed leaked video footage of unexplainable UFO sightings, or the new term, UAPs, with some speculating that the UAPs, UFOs, belong to aliens. The objects appear to violate the laws of aerodynamics and accelerate at speeds which are not known to be possible with current human technology. In some of the video footage released, military personnel can be heard reacting in awe at the UFO UA UAP sightings. 
One U.S. Navy pilot who witnessed the UFO UAP sighting, David Fravor, said of the sighting, it rapidly accelerated to the south and disappeared in less than two seconds. This was extremely abrupt, like a ping-pong ball bouncing off a wall. It would hit and go the other way. Now, what would do that, people, huh? Now, that brings us to our last article, I hope. Aliens exist from December 8th. Aliens exist and have, and have a deal with Donald Trump, claims ex-Israeli space official. Now, Ished holds a bachelor's degree in electronics engineering from Technion, a master's degree in performance research, and a doctorate in aeronautical engineering. He retired from the Defense Ministry of October 2011, having commanded the launching of 20 Israeli satellites, reported the Jewish press. His claims were disputed in local media reporting, saying that he has lost his mind, but Ishad said he is quite aware of his claims, how his claims sound out of this world. If I had come up with that, what I'm saying today or five years ago, I would have been hospitalized. Wherever I've gone with this in academia, they've said the man has lost his mind. Today, they're already talking differently. I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I am respected in universities abroad, where the trend is also changing. Despite the bizarre interview, Professor Ished is not the first person of authority to claim that aliens could be living among us. Dr. Helen Sharman, the first British astronaut to be launched into space, told the Observer magazines, aliens exist. There's no two ways about it. There are so many billions of stars out there in the universe that there must be all sorts of different forms of life, she had added in the January interview. She said, although they may not be made up of carbon and nitrogen like humans, it's possible they're here right now and we simply cannot see them. And that's very thought perplexing and what that represents. And again, that would be fitting for a great discussion with Stephen Ben Noon. So that being said, everyone, that's enough for the news. But I think that painted a pretty good picture of what the, the times are of what we are actually looking and living through. And the choices that we have made have been stolen from us, guided by someone, again, like he himself said. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. <laughs> he wants us all dumbed down as they all do, or those who he works for and is controlled by. If he was given this illegal and wrongful election result, which the media had called that he was the president-elect, again, it's not the media's job. But if he does succeed in gaining the White House, there'll be no 2024 election. They already sold us out to the commie Chinese. They, remember, not too long ago, the past year and even the past couple months, the commie Chinese have been saying what? Prepare for war, prepare for war. They think of Hong Kong, Taiwan, or whatever. No, they were telling their armies and citizens to prepare for war against us. So with this being the knowledge of what's going on, aliens exist. Now, do they have a deal with Donald Trump? I don't know. That'd be interesting to know more about. But maybe our guest tonight, Sword, can allude into some of those aspects of what we're facing, pun intended. Especially on Mars. And obviously under it. Subsurface illegals! Here we come. And here from this bridge to space, our nation will return to the moon and we will put American boots on the face of Mars. That's right. 
So with that being said, I think it's time to go to a break. But everyone, I would like you all to please go to www.thefacesofmars.com. And that's right. And scroll on down the page, see the information about tonight's guest, Colby Branson and Sword. And under their information, check out my buddy Larry Bowen's recipe for mango fish and chicken salsa for packing and smoking them on this show. You can be prepared each week or whenever available. The videos that will put forth to tempt your tongue with those tasty sweets on the Martian Revelation. And you can scroll down the page and see all the other things you have to offer and look at during and after the show. But our fate is being made and we must take our nation back from those who have tried stealing it from us. So it should be a good conversation tonight because, again, alluding to S.W.O.R.D., you know, he was a military secret space programmer. So with that being said, listeners of this show can appreciate we got a motto here. Pack them and smoke them because you're definitely going to need them when we come back on the Martian Revelation. I'll be back. Don't run. We are your friends. Imagine that everything the U.S. government has told you about UFOs since Roswell has been a lie. Imagine that in the decade after Roswell, the government attempted communication with the aliens and succeeded. And after that, in absolute secrecy, things had gone far, far beyond this. Now imagine that tomorrow, the whole secret program is going to fall apart and every terrible thing is going to come out. All we have left now is a prayer. Morning Star Pass, the collapse of the UFO cover-up, a fictional but unflinching and terrifying look inside the UFO cover-up, the secret government that supports it, and the world of the aliens themselves, and then how the whole secret kingdom ends. Morning Star Pass, a book that pulls no punches and does not sheath the sword unblooded. Morning Star Pass, plunging boldly where no other book has ventured, captures the whole wondrous nightmare that the UFO experience has become, from bizarre experiments performed on helpless abductees to horrifying mutilations to beyond to the world of secret government supported by its own secret police to the aliens in their secret bases and finally to the beckoning stars themselves the book does this by placing the cover-up humanity and the earth in a real cosmos where humanity and its passions are a part of the universe not an aberration on it then comes the fall of the cover-up and a climax of violence and desperation to leave the human race facing the multi-hued stars with eyes open and seeking its place in them. The sands of time have run out for the cover-up for against it, leading an army of investigators and warriors, comes Cassandra Chen, beautiful, driven, and doomed. Who can save her and us? <laughs> You'll have to read it to find out. Morning Star Pass, the collapse of the UFO cover-up by Victor Norgard. Get yours today. You can find this at www.firstbooks.com.
as we fight for time to time to secure our future. The war with which being waged, we are all included in one way or another. And uh, so are our guests. Whether they know it or not, I know one of them for sure, I believe, knows it. Because he's been trying to tell us for quite some time. He's been previous guest on this show. But first, let's introduce his compadre, Colby Branson. And Colby Branson is a graduate of media arts and a conspiracy media consultant. 
<laughs> Colby Branson holds an associate degree in media arts as well, and he has been recently raised to the sublime degree of Master Mason. Yes, indeed, the Masons have a very big part to play in all this madness all over the world, you know. But has been a, he's been a listener and a connoisseur of conspiracy. Please mute your mic, whoever it is. But uh, he's been a listener and connoisseur of conspiracy theories for the last 12 years. He also enjoys connecting dots and finding correlating facts. He enjoys reading history and speculating the truth in the world that we live in. Indeed. But knowledge is his favorite pastime, and it should be all of ours as well. You know, but a singer, he's also a singer and a songwriter, a Nashville recording artist who has worked with musicians from the bands of Gene Simmons, except Jason Alden and Clint Black. And currently he owns an entertainment business with his wife on the Gulf Coast. Please click his his link down, the image on the show page of thefacesofmars.com. And take it to his website and check out some of his tunes. Help support him. And under that, let's introduce now Sword out of the darkness, out of the fades of gray. From the once world of the waves that, well, sway <laughs> down through time. But Sword is back, and Sword is a Mason as well. Former, He's a former U.S. Army captain and former U.S. Army astronaut, a.k.a. the Secret Space Program. And he has served at Guantanamo Guantanamo Naval Base, which has been built up pretty good. I hear they got a lot of beds waiting for some. But uh, attached to the Psychological Warfare Division. um, And finally, to finish up his military career, his last command as an Arctic paratrooper, he is a commander of the Department of the Interior's Regional USA KPAC Security Force, uh, M33, and S.W.O.R.D. went on to work for Arizona State University's multiple space programs, which I still find really interesting, such as Themis, OSIRIS-REx, the Lunar Reconnaissance, and the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiters. And I wonder if he's familiar with that antics way back then, the early 2000s, regards to Banff. I forgot to ask him that on previous shows. And what the issue that went on with regards to the IR, Odyssey, Themis, imagery that Hoagland and uh, Laney, they got all pulled up in. Uh, but anyway, it was during that this time that S.W.O.R.D. emerged onto the face of the Internet as the blog author known as The S.W.O.R.D and is one of the Internet's leading edge of new and provable information for over a decade. Guardian of the Northern Star Conspiracy Meter blogger from 2001. Notice that keyword, Guardian. Sword, could it be? Are you affiliated with these Guardians that are just being publicly brought out on the stage now, but is really part of an older blood? I can't do this. I don't think so. I think I hear a whisper. He can't hear that. He can't hear that. Hello? Can you hear me? Five Hello? I'm hearing. Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear him. I can hear ground control. Colby, can you hear me, ground control? 10-4. I can hear you. Roger that. Gary, can you hear me, Ground Control? Yes, I can, sir. Now, did you you didn't hear anything I said? Uh, I want you guys to know, just prior to this, all I heard uh, into the run-up was uh, 
as if you guys are trying to talk to me with the windows down. Well, you sound clear. And we're now. going mock five. Ten four. So whatever me? questions you posed up to the break is do it again because I don't I, I didn't hear them. <laughs> oh, only on this show listeners can appreciate. Like I said, you got a pack of it, smoke of it. It just goes with the flow with this stuff. All right. Let's put it this way. I brought I read your bio. I don't know if you've seen the show page or not. All right. Uh but that's what I just read. And what I was particularly pointed out, for which I forgot to ask you on previous shows, was uh, this sentence where it says, S.W.O.R.D. went on to work for Arizona State's universities, multiple space programs such as Themis, OSIRIS-REx, well, that's cool, the Lunar Reconnaissance and the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiters. And I was wondering, would you be familiar or have any knowledgeable of the BAMF, B-A-M-F, incidents Back in the early 2000s there with Keith Laney and Richard Hoagland with regards to that infrared. If you were familiar with that, whatever that was that went on back then by that individual. Well, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about, but I do know that the Themis and the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter uh, has infrared. Uh, they have infrared down to what we would call uh, the smaller than millimeter smaller than meter range, which means that there is a thermal object of less than a meter, which would be three feet, uh, that we would be able to pick it out. So if a cow um, is there and he get let out a big fart, it will pick it up? Well, yes. Technically, if you were able to catch that in the millimeter in which the, the photograph was taken, yes, you could. Amazing. Think about what planetary uh, features would show. Right. We're, the, the whole process of that is we're looking for something that is much older and much more long going than just something walking around and taking a fart. Right. <laughs> Understood. And that does where we are now in these madness of times. Now, uh, it's interesting how the fact, I don't know if you caught any of the news or not there, of where we're at now regards to Guardian, because... In the last sentence, it was just this time, back then, Mars Reconnaissance Orbiters, Demons, and all that shit. It was during that time that S.W.O.R.D. emerged onto the face of the Internet as the blog author known as the S.W.O.R.D. and is one of the Internet's leading edge of new and provable information for over a decade. Guardian of the Northern... Well, of years, the, yeah. Guardian of the Northern Star Conspiracy Meter blogger from 2001. Now, Guardian, it just so happens is now being put forth to the military branch of the Space Force, calling them. Now, what I asked you, regards to that, it's, it's kind of funny, and I don't think a coincidence that Guardian, in your bio there, could that allude to maybe an old blood order that's being pronounced as something new? Are you a Guardian? You no, know, you got me there. It, it, it's, it, it's very uh, possible, but however... I would state, and and then we need to need to let it be. Uh -huh. The only thing that Mike Mike Pence, the the uh, outgoing vice president, uh, saying anything about the space program, should be taken for not. We should be taken with a grain of salt. Okay, if you understand me, and just let it go, and let it be. He's 
they're trying to prop up something that was already in process. They're trying to take credit for things that are already uh, going on. And quite honestly, in this administration, there has been no legitimate progress to be able to, to crow home about. So I would say whatever Mike Pence said is Mike, whatever Mike Pence said, and we're just going to let it be. But it's a fast, I, I, and I, I, I hear the passion and sincerity in what you're saying there, but to us peasants, it's a remarkable thing of a space force, something totally new, aside from the things I, I'm sure you're going to be getting into tonight and stuff with Colby. I know he's got uh, well, various questions yeah, to ask you and where you want to go. Yeah, the space, yeah, if you don't mind me interjecting there, Gary, the Space Force is not new. This is something that has been going on since the long before NASA has gone on, and me and Colby will talk about that mm-hmm. when we talk about NACA, which is N-A-C-A. Which stands for NACA. Well, we're going we're gonna to give you a little bit of history tonight. All right. What does NACA stand yeah. for, though, before we continue on? NACA. What is that abbreviation of? Uh, National Aeronautics. National, Advi- National Advisory Commission for Aeronautics. Okay. And that was the precursor to NASA. Yeah, the Wright brothers. All right, so would you, would you, and the other, what you're going to talk about tonight, would you guys consider yourselves or are even called guardians? So it's basically in what you're saying, maybe it could be plagiarism on the part of Pence. <laughs> well, I'm a guardian of my family, first and foremost. Family comes first as a Mason. Right, but I mean, as the Masonic soldiers out there, again, I don't want to, I'm joking. Uh, uh, well, uh, of what he, of his experience, because I just found that, I don't know. It's uh, enlightening, it's uh, inspirational, in my opinion, but like you're saying here, the truth is what needs to be, uh, what you're speaking, needs to be revealed unto us beyond what is being said publicly even at this moment. Um, Now, I know, so hi, Colby, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, I'm glad to be here. All right, awesome. I'm glad you guys uh, were able to join us. It's been a while, Sword. Uh, Man, I, I've been wondering about you. you. Huh? <laughs> it, it was easier to get Van Halen back together than to get this band back together. It's been tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Bob, but it's here. And as long as it's here, that shows me as an evidence that we're on the right path, no matter what, down through time to make our fate. It's for a reason. And that, and it's to get to the truth and the acknowledgement for us all to adapt to what needs to be adapted to. Because obviously, Sword, you know, I'm sure you'll get into this with, throughout the various questions and uh, issues of where you guys want to take us tonight, but uh, well, at least for most of the night. And how... I kind of brain farted that, but it's important because... How, what, where your place is in this space and and with this military and everything that what we're seeing now, what you're speaking of, it's been around for a long time. It's it's yeah. something that's not new. I mean, people are going to want to know numbers. I mean, there's so many various, as you know, both of you, I mean, we've discussed it on this show, uh, other people with claims of secret space programmers and stuff. And I know, Sword, you definitely were claiming some plagiarism on their parts to things that you were trying to bring out 
which again is truth and why you're here, I think I'm getting back to my brain fart that I missed, is what you're trying to reveal now. Even that's not easy. We're all going to make our fate, brother. And I've been thinking about you without talking shit. And, you know, it's a fascinating thing from all regards. And, and you know what I'm talking about there. But also from the other regards, the realities of what you know and we're a part of, it's it's drawing. It, it's drawing and inspirational as well. Now, therefore, to help us adapt, it's already been adapted well, to, according to you, and where you're going to go in the various subjects, because it brings up the technologies and the questions that you guys are going to get into regards to past events of, you know, regards to UFOs or even extraterrestrial life and, and other aspects that plague us today or that so-called being disclosed us now. Uh, so i like to thank you for coming back out, bro. bro. I know uh, shit's not easy, but you know what? I, I still believe, man. You're here to help make our fate. You know, take it for whatever your grain of salt it's worth. But, uh, and you sound good. You sound clear. Uh, so that's cool. So, Colby, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm going to sit yeah. back, pack them, and smoke them. I'll, you know, I want to see where this night goes, too. I know you had, uh, you know, you want to bring up some things with Sword, and let, let's have some fun and get to the truth and let out as much as you want. I guess we could go as long as we want, you know, provide an hour, an hour and a half over, if need be. All so, right. I mean, we could get into all forms and maybe hopefully get a call on the blow the cobwebs off the timeline. But uh, go ahead, Colby. Well, I want to start by saying thank you, Gary, and uh, thank you, Sword. Um, it's been a chore to get this together, and um, I'm really excited. I'm going to jump right into it. Um, we need to talk about what's uh, important. That's our families, and that's our jobs, and that's our future. Uh, I want Sword to give his perspective on current events, um, the vaccine, how long this pandemic would last, what, from his perspective, he believes the truth to be. Um, he has a very interesting background that we're going to go into this evening, uh, from his uh, family, his bloodline, to uh, the Black Lodge, and we're going to explain some of that, the difference between his lodge and my lodge are, because there's a lot of questions. And, and what I want to do the most of is to bring this down to earth, and tell people and, and bring the realization to, to people that there's a lot of hardworking people out there in our military, in our government, to do the right thing. And not everyone is out to blow everything up and control the world. There's a lot of good people out there that uh, do not believe in these, this blue chicken, alien, whatever. <laughs> there's a lot of hard, the blue hardworking fairies. people out there. So, um, I want to talk to us, Sword. What do you think about this this vaccine, this pandemic, and what's going on? What's your perspective, man? Well, am I coming in five by five? Oh shit! Did he hear you? Yeah. <laughs> am I coming in good? Yeah. yeah. All right, because I get a lot of uh, like somebody's got their window down in the background. Well. It ain't me. With the recent pandemic that's coming along, this is obviously something that is a very serious risk. To deny the fact that it's a risk and 
uh, you know, perhaps maybe you want to go yell at people saying, oh, you shouldn't be wearing a mask because you're a big pussy. Well, I got news for you. When you're sucking for fucking air and you can't breathe, this disease will really take a hold of you. Because most Americans, this won't affect them until it actually affects them personally. Well, this is a national big deal. It's a very big deal. As a matter of fact, the things that have hit my radar, and I like to call this my bonjour, motherfuckers, moment, is that a data scientist, and information is the first and foremost of anything that has to do with the Masonic Order. If you've got data, and I can't put it in Masonic terms because it's not really some, these are not terms that we use in Masonic Order as, as an order. This is a new thing, a data scientist, right? So we have this, this data scientist named Rebecca Jones, and she worked for the Florida Department of Health. Her entire job was to take data for any number of diseases, any number of deaths, any kind of ailment or whatsoever, and put this into a data field in which other health officials could access it and, and try to determine not only COVID data, but uh, trends in deaths, such as uh, heart disease, uh, things of this nature. Right. However, as it turns out, uh, she was fired because she had exhibited repeated insubordination. And that's hmm. where I was like, insubordination? Really? Well, that's my jam. That's what I've done in the military. That's what I've done in my life, insubordination. So what has this woman done that is so crazy? She hasn't done anything that is crazy. She has done her job as she was hired to do so as a diet, as a data scientist. Well, she was repeatedly asked by the governor of the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis, to change the data that was coming through. And she repeatedly said, no, I'm not going to do that. So the cause of her firing was insubordination. Hmm. True enough. Now, did but he do that? that? The details of the fact that she was trying to do her job as a data scientist to report COVID deaths as they happened. And the governor of Florida, DeSantis, decided, no, you're not going to report the data as it is. <laughs> and, this, and oddly enough, to all the listeners, maybe you're thinking that I'm trying to spin a yarn that it's a conspiracy theory. No. This is now under a federal investigation. This is now all of this information that I'm telling you now is Federally known. This is what we call manifest discovery in the law field. She has the goddamn emails telling her to change the data, which is the publicly owned data. So I guess what the point I'm getting to is that you have good cops who say nothing, which means they're bad cops. And then you have bad cops who just do bad things. 
to further that point, as they call the whole hole up, motherfuckers, right. or bonjour, because I'm coming for you now, these idiot police in Florida raided the home of the scientist, Rebecca Jones. Yeah, I heard about that. With guns, with guns drawn under the auspice that she was suspected of hacking. And now here's where, where being a former lawman and a, and a judge, I guess you might say, that I can say this is some fucked up shit. And this is why it's on my radar and why I am making phone calls amongst my own people, amongst the Masonic range, amongst my own law enforcement people. If you are a law enforcement officer and you are told to raid this woman's home on suspected hacking, right? Even if she was old if and gray. If I was a law enforcement officer with no skin in the game and they tell me suspected hacking, I'm going to go in there and clear every goddamn electronic device there is on the face of the planet in that domicile under the auspice of the search warrant, right? Mm -hmm. That is not what happened. These guys walked into this home with guns drawn on children, on unarmed civilians, and confiscated only the personal cell phone of Rebecca Jones, the data scientist for the Florida Department of Health, and her laptop. Now, as a law enforcement officer, if there was suspected hacking, I would scoop every electronic device, but they did not do that. In fact, they only took the personal cell phone and laptop of Rebecca Jones, the data scientist who worked for the Florida Department of Health. Because she had the any true results. In law enforcement, and any asshole who's looking at this from the outside knows that this is blatant misuse of public police forces. Yes. And this is only so, a small, small smidgen of what's going on in America today. That, so they were. That this woman, a data scientist, was raided with guns drawn by a police force for suspected hacking when she's only doing her job is an absolute, I want to say farce, but it's not a farce. It's yeah. absolutely what the American police force is today. It's not yeah. about who you are and what you have. It's about who you know and who's paying. Those yeah. cops walked up in the house fully aware of what they were doing, fully aware of who she was, and fully aware of what was going to end up on camera, and they did it anyway. So what do I think about this pandemic? I think that our government is absolutely convinced that somehow they can say that it doesn't exist and it will go away and that will be that will be it but the current administration does not respect science at its most basic form and therefore while we have what is it 225,000 dead we're losing yeah but the, the equivalent of a 911 we're losing the, the equivalent of a 9-11 every goddamn day. Every day. 
Yeah, but the CDC reported the that six, falling. The CDC reported that Every six percent. Every day the are falling, and this administration will do absolutely goddamn fucking nothing. Uh. I'm saying this. Uh, I am really briefing Article 88 here where a, a former officer or a current officer cannot speak out against commander-in-chief. That's Article 88 in the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And I'm telling you right now, this current commander-in-chief is a complete and utter fucking failure for 325,000 Americans and counting. We are losing a, a 9-11 every day due to this administration. Now, I don't care who you voted for or what your your political stance is. It's a goddamn fact that people are dying at a, at a level that we have not seen since World yeah. War II. And we need to get beyond that. We need to get beyond sides. So I'm just going to leave it right there that the one woman in Florida who was a data scientist for the state of Florida, the Department of Health, has been had her home raided by armed officers to confiscate her personal equipment. Now, why? To suppress her information. What information? The truth? That's or... a lot worse than people are saying. This woman was raided for her, her ability to reach out and tell people what the actual information was based off of what she could gather off of public information systems. And if she was suspected for hacking, then they would have confiscated every electronic device in the home, but they did not. I have not been able to see the search warrant. And let me tell you what, I have written a God awful number of search warrants. And if I wrote a search warrant for a suspected hacking, I would confiscate every electronic device known to man on the property. Well, right. That makes I don't care sense. if it was a Nintendo DS. I don't care if it was a fucking Sega PlayStation. I don't care. It's gone. Out. Right? But they oh, didn't yeah. do that. They only went after her contact information alone, which is so goddamn fucked up. But in any event, let's move on from the current events of the pandemic and talk about happier things, which are maybe the stimulus, which at this point I think are going to be, um, uh, you know, uh, the uh, what, what is that store that kids go to where they get pizza and video games? Chuck E. Cheese. And they get tokens. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. yeah. The, next, yeah the next stimulus is going to be Chuck E. Cheese tokens. I and mean, I, I think that the government is telling us that we should be happy about that. In any event, I'm going off. Colby, uh, uh, get me back on track. Yeah, you gotcha. Uh, what is the agenda that you think of the suppression of information? You think there's a uh, redistribution of wealth? Or uh, you think there's a, an agenda behind suppressing the information because they want it worse than it already is? I do. I honestly believe it is far worse than it actually is. Uh, I, I say that from firsthand knowledge, my own eyeballs, where I was in a small community in a very, very religious and very um, Republican uh, county. And as soon as this hit, everybody was quiet. 
But the fact of the matter was that our own hockey rink was used to uh, hold the dead because the local, uh, you know, undertakers and people who, you know, normally would burn bodies to put them in an urn or whatever, they could not keep up. Since then, I have moved, and I have been privy to keep my eye out on what the hell is going on. And I'm telling you right now, the whole idea that this is not important, that this whole COVID disease is not important, is complete foolhardiness. It's I agree. Real. It's I agree. Real. My wife's a doctor, and she sees it every day. Do you think that there is a reconsolidation of wealth? Do you think that's the agenda behind it? Yeah, but that uh, would be part agenda? of a bigger no, agenda. I wouldn't say an agenda, but it's, it's clearly a manifest. I mean, we're going to have a large number of elderly people dying. Yeah, you know, that's or, what I'm you know, we, yeah. We're going to have a large number of uh, you know property holders dying. That's, it, right. that's just how it goes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So is there going to be a large distribution of wealth? Yes. Unlike we have ever seen since the 1930s. Because they don't want to take care of people. Well, I hate to say it like this, but there are a large number of families where there are kids who are Gen X who are just waiting for their grandparents to die. And people will say, well, that's kind of hard. But you know what? That's 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 America. Yeah. I think you said that's that last York, time you were on the show. I think you said yeah. that last time you were on the show, and that would be part of their plan. But all that seems nefarious and based on, again, like Agenda 2021 uh, and 2030 and all this other shit, basically to wipe out humanity. And could that be from any of these threats or intelligences that are in cahoots <laughs> with whoever's under the subsurface of Mars? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing. All the old guys at my lodge are scared to death. Hmm. <laughs> well, you generally need to understand this. The upper echelon, the, the money makers, the money people, they always have this, and I wish I had the person who wrote the actual economic paper on it right now in my head, but I can't. But what what we need to understand is that the, the, the people who have the money look at us as excess population. Right. There's a certain point where the people who have money understand where you can only have a certain number of population that are poor or middle class that are just below you before they start getting really agitated and want to take you out. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, things have a way of keeping you in power, like a pandemic hmm. or famine or, you know, some other medical emergency perhaps. And I really right. don't think, uh, and as much as I'd like to think that this is the time that not just Americans, but the world in, as itself is start to realize that people with wealth don't really produce anything for other people other than just to hoard the wealth. This now, whole idea of trickle down economics that was started by Reagan is they, bullshit. They would be the I mean, real use of the economics. Is that uh, just, uh, you know, rich people pissing on me? Is that what it is? 
Hmm. Am I just waiting on rich people to piss on me? Well, is that what trickle-down economics is? Because so far, this whole trickle-down thing has not worked at all. Well, I, I don't want to get too political. Uh, what I do want to do is I want to get back. Uh, no, 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 and when you start talking left or right, you're, you're, we're, we're going to have a disagreement and we're not going to get any uh, any facts out. We're just going to argue well, over... trickle-down trickle economics is not a left or right issue, all right? It's what the government has proposed to work for the last, what, 20 well, years? It and it has it not does. worked. And so that's not a really yeah. political issue with, I can't look at American people who are trying to feed their goddamn faces, right? Yeah. Right. At what point did working a job and minimum wage, not being able to feed yourself, become okay in this goddamn country? Yeah, and you can't live on that and eat and support a family, right? Well, that's yeah. true there, you know. No, and, and two people cannot start a hardware store. But they're working people, too. A lot. But they're working people, people too. But a lot of these people that he's talking about, wouldn't they be the real useless eaters? Like you said, they don't have no benefit on society. They don't, they're don't. they not productive. They're just rich and controlling of over people's lives. Wouldn't they be literally the useless eaters, technically? I don't know. I'm crazy. Well, well, that's the point. That's the point. They're trying to eliminate as many useless eaters as they can to restart the economy. They did the same thing during World War One. They yeah, did the same is. thing during World War Two. We tried doing it with the war in Afghanistan, but we couldn't kill enough people off quick enough. There it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So, now, get so your, now they're doing your, it your to us. And then the commie Chinese. See, I, I, I'll wait till further on down in the show. My questions regards to all that and your position and the position of uh, your blood brothers, I would say, out there in, uh, in space who may or may still not be working out there. Uh, but go ahead, Colby. I'm, I'm just chilling back, people listening and seeing where this goes. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to say that I, I don't agree on some of that, Sword. But uh, everything else I, I clearly see agreements with and how fucked up it is, especially in regards to that raid. Yeah, something's wrong there for sure. Uh, but and but the position of this damn Kung Flu and China's position, and I don't know. I, to be honest, I and the listeners, we're, we're really wanting to know your position at the end of this show. What, what your position is and take, and I guess the sides that's being took, because we're at war. But go ahead, guys. I'm enjoying this. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I want to talk about your involvement in the uh, Department of Interior that was started under Theodore Roosevelt uh, and your your grandfather that came over here during Project Paperclip and um, how you, what age you were when you realized uh, that's uh, what you come from and your involvement because your initiation was much different than from mine. Into the to the Masonic order, and um, I like to talk about your literature that you grew up reading, that you just thought was everyday kind of thing. Can we start with the Department well, of Interior? 
Well, that, that's a pretty open uh, menu right there. I mean, I don't even yeah. really know where to start with that. I mean, let's start with your grandfather. That's pretty broad. Let's start with your grandfather. Well, as we've discussed before, my grandfather uh, was a geologist. Um, well, let me back that up. My grandfather was a uh, well. My grandfather's father was a German immigrant. Okay. And through a paper farmer. clip was that through Dirt paper or, clip? No education. Oh, well, right, and he, uh, my grandfather, ended up being a sharecropper in Louisiana, uh, just outside of Buxton, Louisiana. And as he uh, rose through school, um. He joined the basketball team because basketball team would issue shoes to the basketball team, so then he would have shoes to go to school. Turned out to be quite the Hoosier, quite the dunker, if you know what I mean. You know, three-point, he can hit it. Nice. Then he can hit it because he had shoes. After a certain point in time, as my grandfather was uh, getting to the end of his high school career and being, you know, quite an astute uh, student, uh, you know, wanting to go to college but not having the financial means for it, well, growing up in the 1930s was not as easy as you would think it would be in America. Right. So along this time comes a uh, German consulate, you know, representative or whatnot, and says, "Hey, I'll take you to Germany, the motherland. You'll go to the best school, Munich, because you got good grades. And you know, when you're done, you can either stay in Germany or you can return to uh, America." And of course, you know, in 1932, my grandfather's going to take, uh, you know, take that. Well, this is not a four-year degree. So 1939 rolls around, and my grandfather's looking to retire, or not retire, but graduate uh, from Munich University as a geologist on his own right. You know, he worked for it. He did it. He got it going up. Unfortunately for him... Everyone was telling him to get in line for the Fuhrer. Hmm. The Fuhrer who? Yeah. I'm not here for the Fuhrer. I'm here to get an education. I'm going back to America. Well, that's not how that worked out for him in 1939. Yeah. Which was unfortunate. And I don't want to go into the total story. I mean, but my grandfather, uh, you don't you know, have he to. was... You know, he, he, I, I'm not afraid to admit, my grandfather worked for the Nazis. Yes, he did. As a geologist. By the and, you know, You know, yes, he was the SS. Sure, but he was a geologist. You know, he, he, was he in charge of gassing the Jews? No. I mean, I, I, it, the whole, what went on in World War II and the children of World War II and the grandchildren of World War II, hello, here I am, are, you know, trying to make sense of everything going on in the world, not only right now, but in our past. Hmm. So 
I mean, I don't know where to go with that. I mean, you wanted to get into that, you, you know, know, where where I come from as a as a Mason. Well, where I'll, I come from as a Mason is that my grandfather was was a very astute farmer who didn't want to do anything more than just understand the soil in which he was planting his food, and got embroiled with the Nazis. You know, who would have thought? <laughs> You know, you enter college when you're uh, you're coming out of Buxton High School, and you're going to go and join what the SS? No, that's that's not on your itinerary. Duly heard, brother. So, Duly heard. Um, so, I want to talk about the the literature that you were exposed to, uh, the information that that you read as a boy, that led you to Iopetus. And apparently, Arthur C. Clarke knew about uh, things on the moon. Um, there are certain books, uh, Gentle Giants of Gilead, uh, Inherit the Stars. These are some of the titles that you told me about in the past. Um, how did you find these, uh, these titles? And how do you think they correlate with Arthur C. Clarke and Iopetus? In 2001. Well, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I know that's, I'm, I'm asking big questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I understand. Yeah, those are big questions. And well, they just uh, and I guess were those books just hanging around the house, or did you did you go on a field trip with your family member or someone that led you to it, or did you find it just on the coffee table in the house, or I mean, how did you come across this stuff? Because we knew about Iopetus before we sent a Voyager out there, and no, uh, you didn't. No, I, I did. No, you did. Exact. Okay, I did. But no, you 19, did not. Before nineteen seventy-six, I did. You did not. That's right. Right. So. The question is, and I'm sure the listeners are trying to figure out what the hell you're going with this. This is where did I understand about the moon, the Mars, and the evidence? Well, growing up in a Masonic household where my grandfather was old school Mason before he ever got involved with the Nazis, and my father, who became Black Lodge, Purely because he was probably just a big badass motherfucker. Um, my the things that I was allowed to read were very limited, extremely. What I was allowed to see on TV, extremely limited. Radio, non-existent when I was growing up. Radio was something that we listened to when my parents were driving. I was not allowed to have a radio. Are you crazy? No. Huh. The most important book in the house was a very large Bible. On When you open the Bible, no matter what you page you open it to, you had German and Latin on one side, and you had um, English on the other side. Hmm. So you had, one, you had one, you know, you had the verses in English, or, I'm sorry, English, you know, the verses in English on the right, and your verses in English and Latin in very small print on the left. 
and that was the most important book in the house. And if any book I was allowed to touch, that would have been it. There was no such thing for a very long time in my childhood as science fiction or fiction or any sort of outside books that were not what you would call um, library fair. Hmm. If you understand what I mean. Right. Not public. It was a very... um, it was a very closeted environment. Hmm. Uh, there was a portion of time when I started to get older. I would have to think maybe eight, maybe ten, maybe I'm thinking when I was ten year old, when I was allowed to go to with my mother to what we call the VESA uh, book sale. And I was allowed to go wild. This is the Veterans Environment uh, Services Association or something of this nature where they collect books from every thing, every place that you can think of. And then they sell them in a very large uh, venue. It's very popular in Arizona. Everyone knows about the Vesta book sale in the state of Arizona. And you can get literally any, you can get textbooks from colleges. You can get books from the, from the, I hate to say it, the Valley of the Sun. You can get any title you want. And once I was able to do that and get, you know, college textbooks for a quarter, I went buck ass wild. And about the time I turned 10 and I was looking to Jesus, I was also looking into, you know, college textbooks that I was buying for a quarter um, of, of just about every topic you can think of. Is so this before, when, was this before seminary, seminary school? Say again? Was this before seminary school in Boston? Yes, this, is, this would have been pre-seminary, yes. Because yeah, we're about to get into that. Hmm. Um, okay, if yeah. you say so. Well, I'd like um, to talk about, well, when you get uh, that the Vatican is what I want to go, is where I want to go. Um, you, during seminary school, you took a field trip to the Vatican, and you went 10 levels down that you told me about. And there were things there, books there that were made by people much larger than ourselves, or it seemed to be. Can you go into that? Wow. Well, yes, I can go into that, and, you know, that's uh, quite a segue, uh, Colby. Thank you. Well, it's uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do – In such an excellent manner. Okay, you're the David yes, Lee Roth. You know? it, it, yes, it is true. When I was in seminary, I did go on field trips to the Vatican. And, yes, thanks for killing the lead, I did go down 10 stories – uh, in the Vatican basement, and a lot of people do, are not wildly aware, which is pretty much open knowledge, that there's literally 25 levels below the Vatican of various administration things. Um, and this is public knowledge. 
if you want to look it up, but it, it exists. There's a huge underground complex under the Vatican. And yes, uh, when I was in seminary school, uh, probably when I was about 17, uh, we did take a field trip to the Vatican. We did meet some mucky mucks, uh, you know, some padre, uh, some cardinals. And then eventually we were allowed to go down uh, to the fifth floor to see what we call the relically uh, various objects of a Catholic faith um, that have, you know, historical uh, significance. <clears throat> and then eventually we hit the fifth floor. Uh, the fifth floor had what we call um, the gilded big, the gilded big books. These are gigantic tomes. These tomes, at a minimum, are six feet by three feet. Damn! If you understand my, these are big books, and they are gilded, and they are gilded in the most accentuate way. I mean, the the, the pure artistry of these books and in a language that us children could not understand at the time, but the imagery, guess what? <laughs> Has to do with the fact that we are not from here. In the fact that that's gilded and that it exists. How and old? the fact that these goddamn books were made long before the Vatican, long before the Catholic Church was ever the Catholic Church. This is my, how this, it's my history. It's the history of the Masonic Order. Do you think it's, it's BC? It's what I live and die by. Do you think it's BC rather than AD? The creation of those books. Most certainly. Wow. BC. Do you think it was Long pre? Do you think it was pre Deluge or pre Deluge? They're pre Sumerian. Temple. They are pre-Sumerian, and we can do that off of carbon dating. Where do they find these it? things? Are infinitely, infinitely fucking old. I mean, I'm sorry to be cursing, but they're infinitely old. Right. And I, I say with so much gusto because I, I have literally seen them. Where do they? If find I did them? not see them, I wouldn't talk about them. They're there. Right. The gilded history of our species. Interesting. Do you know where they found them? The Library of Alexandria? From what was understood the, to me, that they were passed to the Catholic Church by the Knights of Malta. Hmm. Which they stole from somebody else who probably stole it out of Samaria. Oh, they were Sumerian books, language, or something akin to it? Sumerian in nature because oh, all right. um, motif and uh, symbology mm -hmm. all relates to the island, uh, or not the island. I, we call it the island, but it's, it's not an island. It's an isthmus or a... Uh, floodplain between two rivers, which is the Euphrates and um, Tigris. Uh, God damn it. The Tigris, yes. You, th this is where everything was supposed to have started. And uh, the, but there were two the more. Genesis, there were two more, though, Pishon and Gihon. Right. 
Right. Adam and Eve were said to have come between the uh, between the Tigris and the Euphrates. Right. The four rivers came together. Yeah. Right. It all comes from those two rivers. <clears throat> well, there's two that cool, are no man. longer there. The Pishon and the Gihon. They would all converge into one or meet up at some point, I believe. Is that right, Colby? Yeah. Uh, I, I believe so. I know that the Eve, uh, the place of Eve, uh, came at the big, uh, at, at the end of Four Rivers, and they looked this up uh, on mapping. Uh, there's at the very, I think the uh, at the Gulf War they were doing uh, satellite mapping, and they find they found there were two other rivers. That joined with the Euphrates and Tigris. The Gihon and the and Pishon. I believe so. Yep. Um, man, I'm having a good time. Uh, but but that's so but that's connecting the Eden, and we know the Sumerians. Yeah, 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 they have the Eden. Eden but I think it's a, huh? Yeah, you're right, right, right. Yeah, Eden, the Garden of Eden, right. So that means it would predate. Man's or humanity's creation in the scriptural sense. So, sword, could you tell us? It was like showing depictions that they they came here. Uh, what 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 did you get to see? What what was it that that was what drove that home? And where did that lead you in this? Because I think that's very important to a lot of this. I don't know why. Well, before I was able to uh, view these big books on a, you know, very important field trip uh, for me as a seminarian uh, in the Vatican, um, the literature that I was, the science fiction that I was allowed to read, uh, was very, I, I wouldn't say, I, I can't, well, you know what? It was probably just very Masonically controlled. One of the most important science fiction novels that was put in my hand by my father and my grandfather was a book called Inherit the Stars. Mm -hmm. Now, Inherit the Stars, just to paraphrase, um, comes out where there are scientists on the moon and they dig up a dude, a guy, right? He's bigger than us. And they're trying to figure out what, why is this guy dead on the moon, right? So, right. over a period of time, these scientists figure out why this guy is dead on the moon, and then that leads to Mars. It leads to Iapetus. In the end, in this book, and I'm, I, you know, pick it up. It's like five bucks on Amazon. It's a great read. Pick it up. Are you saying that these stories then are coming basically from these gilded books or snippets thereof? Well, I, I Gary, I wouldn't call it gilded books. There's literally numerous uh, Masonic presses, as we would call them. They throw the signs of, on their science fiction books or fiction or uh, conjecture books. And they throw signs of where, where this not necessarily information, but you know conjecture, science fiction, you know where it's coming from. 
Mm-hmm. When I got a copy of Inherit the Stars, it had the Masonic crest on it, the the symbol of the compass in a square. Mm. Now, so therefore, you took you it know, more it, seriously than a scientific, I mean, a sci-fi point of view. Like you said, you weren't brought up on that, so you took it more as a factual, historical sensation of read? No, I, I took it as a what... What, uh, both as a what is and what it could be. Oh, okay. The fact of the matter is, is that when I first read it, it was what could be, but, and this is what gets people really screwed up, is that when I read it, and after the fact, after the fact, the evidence pans out to what is actual. Are you guys following me now? Yes. All right. This book was written long before anybody could take pictures of it. That's right. And, and made very stringent um, and exact uh, premonition of what was and right. what is. So it just verifies in my mind that what I was told to read as science fiction, as science fact, has come to pass in my own in my own in my own life, and I can break that down to that book and inherit the stars, which was to me really a breakthrough as to you know what am I really doing all of these uh, military and masonic things for? What am I going after? I'm going after the truth because I want to touch it with my own damn hand. God willing, maybe I'll get a you know get off this planet and actually be able to touch something and put it on camera, but... Well, I can relate to that. Me, oh, fuck yeah. To me, training for it was as good as actually doing it. Because I know that in my training, the way we log and notate and take advantage of every ounce of information that the previous generation has provided to us, I hope that my progenitors understand what the hell I'm talking about when they put their hands on the shit that we know is on the moon already because we have photographic evidence of it. And I'm not talking about a rainbow in the sky. I'm talking about actual NASA photographs showing, you know, things on the moon. NASA photographs public or uh, in the black? Public. Okay. A lot of things, Gary, a lot of things, you, uh, Gary, you need to understand this. A lot of the images that people say, oh, the black images, oh, the, the things that are in the black, the things that are hidden. The things that are hidden are hidden in front of you in plain sight. They're not going to announce that this image has something in it. Right. They're going to let the people who know take a look and be like, you got the perfect shot of what I wanted. Thank you, NASA, a.k.a. the guys in Naval Observatory. But they're not going to advertise the fact that they got an exact picture of what they wanted. Now, I'm not going to get into actual images of, of what, during the Apollo program they took. However, there are certain images where you can, there is indefinable proof that somebody went out there and has been digging because craters don't make squares. Or, right? re- or, recta- or pentagonal shaped rims. 
Right. They right. don't do that. It's, that's right. not nature unless you're a bee. Oh, we've been out. Perfect. Yeah, we've circular. been out to my office. That's square. We've been oh, out to my office. As you know of, sword. Have we been out there? Say again. I, 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 I couldn't hear your question. Have we been out to Iopetus? Have we been out to Iopetus? Well, yes and no. Uh, the most current and most public uh, space program, uh, we sent a probe out there. And as far as the public knows, we sent one, right? Cassini? Yeah. Cassini, yeah. Well, guess what? There were three. Not just Cassini. There were two others. That makes sense. You talked about this uh, one of the last times you were on the show, and it took some interesting right. pictures, upon which uh, one Richard C. Hoagland had received and didn't do something with. Well, yes, that is very true. Um, at the same time, we do have this secret space program of um, what I'm calling submarines, because it's what... That, that's how they're manufactured. Like, except for a propeller, they have a different method of propulsion, but the power plant stays the same, nuclear. And, and uh, you, you told me why about would this. You reinvent, why would you reinvent the wheel when you can send something that's already made, already out there, right? So we got guys who are really close, but not close enough as to trip any trip wires, if you understand what I mean, mm. taking photographs as well. Uh, so we got the, you know, Cassini, the public. We got Cassini, the Central Intelligence Agency. We got Cassini with the Department of um, uh, Continuity of Governments. Hmm. Those are the three people who are looking at Iapetus right now. That are in orbit right now around Saturn. When will when we'll be able to what start getting that? this data? Uh, what is that thing? Because it's obviously artificial. It's obvious. It's artificial. What is that? <laughs> Excuse me. What was, what is that happening? Yeah. Oh, on this show you it's said it was uh, right. On this show you said. It was a planetary spaceship slash arc. Right? It's an arc. And where did but it come from? But it's not the outbound arc, it's the inbound arc. And where did it come from? Ah, now was that oh. reference to in those books? Or any others? For all know. intents and purposes, the progenitors, as we call them, come from the constellation Orion. Now, oh, interestingly enough, there it is. there's a lot of stars in the constellation Orion, but they're in that direction. Gotcha. That's all we know. I'm not going to say they're, you know, they're tucked up against the, you know, asteroid belt, you know, 164, you know, in Orion's belt, because I don't know. Hmm. We, no one knows. Well, someone does. They do. All we know is that they came from there, right. and then they left back towards there. And they and, spread out across the solar system, correct? Well, there, there certainly is a certain amount of Pangaea that, that's available, but nothing is quicker than, uh, than absolute colonization 
rather than Pangeria. Pan, when, I, when you say Pangeria, please explain that for the listeners real quick. All right, sure. Uh, so let's say there is a... Um, you said Pangeria. You said Pangeria, not Panspermia. No, Pangeria. So there's a flower on the North American continent, right? Okay. And the wind blows its seed, right, off of the continent, and it ends up in Asia. Okay. Right? This is how how all life forms, mechanisms of life form, transform from one solar system to another. It's through Pangeria. That's There's logical. a bunch of life forms on the planet. It gets blown the fuck up. Those things fly off into the space, and then they land on another planet. Pangeria. And Pangeria. Okay. <laughs> that's where Pangeria could ex- Right. Huh. So that seems where Pangeria and Panspermia can kind of uh, segue each other there, in a sense, for some things, I'm guessing. Um, you know what? On that note, we're going to go to a break, okay? So uh, I'm very interested still. I want to hear more of Iapetus and of if you could glimpse on certain more of those images, and then we can move on more because, again, did those books refer Iapetus? And I know you were on the show last time. You don't have to answer now because we're going to go to break, but how it became basically a derelict and it isn't where it is basically by choice but because it had to be but uh i believe so you can correct me if i'm wrong later or reinforce the story when we come back but listen uh please mute your mics gentlemen and everything till we do come back and as listeners to this show can appreciate the motto back them and smoke them why because you're still definitely going to need it when we come back on a martian revelation please mute your mics guys I'll be back. Don't run. We are your friends. If you are a listener of the Martian Revelation, then you are well aware that the entire planet Earth is currently involved in an all-out worldwide space race. Every country across the globe, including England, Germany, India, Russia, and China, are involved in a mad Martian rush to be the first country to plant their flag on Mars. Get an idea of what these brave astronauts will be finding on the planet Mars before President Trump plants the first American boots on the face of Mars. You might want to familiarize yourself with George Haas and get to know his work and read his books. Haas has been studying NASA and European Space Agency imagery of Mars for over 25 years and has co-authored two books with geomorphologist William Saunders called the Cydonia Codex and the Martian Codex. I encourage you all to support his research by visiting his website at www.thecydoniainstitute.com. And remember, as George Haas has always said, through NASA's own pictures, the truth will be revealed.
Welcome back, everyone. I'm Gary Legia, your host, the Mars Revealer, known also yeah. as the Mad Martian. And, of course, you're listening to the Martian Revelation. That's upon you all again now. And believe it or not, that's a kick-ass song, and uh, that's Colby's song there. Am I right? When, when did you make that song, Colby? Oh, I wrote that song back in uh, 2003 when I got my production deal in Nashville, Tennessee. Cool. Uh, they told me that they want me to, to write a record, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I wrote songs for all my heroes, and that song was uh, written for uh, L.A. Guns and Rat. And uh, oh, no, they have. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are your heroes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right. Well, the guitar players are. If you really want to get precise, I would, I would say heroes, but you know, bands worthy of listening to. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's never been about the style. Or the makeup, or the the uh, the brand, or the market. It's always been about the guitar. Uh, I love guitar. I love great guitar. I love blues guitar, like ZZ Top. I love you know, guitar band. too, but I suck. I admit it. I don't care, but it helps release the stress. And uh, especially when you pack them and smoke them, I'm usually better. <laughs> But I have fun. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to be no Eddie Van Allen. You know, I'll just have fun with it. But I definitely appreciate and respect those who have, you know, got it down. You know, that's, well, thanks. it is what it is, thanks, you man. know. But uh, and, we're also, yeah, and we're also back with S.W.O.R.D. again. Now, that opens an opportunity. Someone just met the, messaged me and said, Moonwood of You Part 7. Uh, why don't you have them continue on about that? I was like, well, you know, that that's pretty good. And if he wants or hey, wherever this night takes us. But I know Colby had a list of things to go through. But I will say this. Um, you mentioned pictures. Please tell me, like the last time you were on the show, what the pictures shown that was acquired or given or whatever the circumstance had that came upon in Hoagland's possession. And why or why, being who and what he is and whatnot, wouldn't reveal such a thing. Not to, you know, kick him in the balls tonight, but it, history is history, and obviously you have that truth, know that truth. I'm fascinated by what was described, so I can only imagine what other images by these other probes and whether in the black as it was must show. Is he here? Is that an open question? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll do my best to answer that. Um, somebody's got an open mic with, uh, sounds like somebody's taking a shower, but in any event. I think it's Colby. Um, I don't think he has a headset mic type deal. I thought it was you, but go ahead. Right. It ain't me. Okay. But hello, in any hello. event, um, well, that might have solved that. But in any event, um, the images in which Hoagland received were images off of the uh, Cassini 2, not Cassini 1, um, that I have seen them and blew the so- my socks off. And blowing my socks off, you know, takes a bit because I've seen a lot of shit. Uh, it's irrefutable evidence that this moon is not an actual moon. There are sculptures 
on what we call the main promenade of the largest crater on the moon. The largest crater on that moon actually happens to be hexagonally shaped. North of the 12-mile wall going around the center, right? Right. It's pretty impressive. Now, this comes as conjecture, but I've seen the images, and I think it's, uh, I think it's probably pretty much correct. That they actually took the Cassini 2 and landed it on the promenade of the largest hexagonally shaped crater that there was, and they actually managed to point it down um, what we call uh, the promenade, uh, which is basically uh, six statues on each side leading to a massive bust of a soldier with a, um, how should I put it, basically a, um, a spacesuit, a spacesuit helmet. And he's holding a sword over his head. Hmm. And this, these images. Undeniable. Are, well, it's not just it's undeniable, Gary. It's that it's rocks a man of my faith to the core. To the absolute core. Because I have been told that there are certain things out there and there are certain things that are coming that are a big emergency, but the things that aren't the big emergency, the, 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 the history that of my people, my brick lane, mathematical, you know, always pushing for a labor union Jews have this history that we can trace not so far back in our own history because the earth tends to wash everything away. And that can, can be verified back by to the moon. We can trace that history back to Mars. And we can trace that history hmm. back all the way to the progenitor goddamn spacecraft. Well, regards to Mars, this giant carved structures, faces, face pyramids, and other bizarre things, that would be a contributing factor of uh, preponderance of evidence. Right, but what I'm trying to understand, explain to you and the and the listeners, is that this evidence was made manifest to me long before. And you saw the actual the image. You saw the actual. Was that uh, from what other partners or people would say to you? Other no, I was the told. Of, no, I I was told of these things through legend and lore. No, I mean the By images. I mean the images, though. That about the sword. You know, uh, wasn't there a picture of the sculpture with the sword above the head? And that's what you know who had acquired. And did you see that image, or was that just described to you what was found? No, I actually have seen images. Awesome. In my capacity of what is on Iapetus, it's quite extraordinary. Now, with that being said, anybody who doesn't have any sort of faith can look at these images and say, well, there's a certain amount of pareidolia going on. And that's there's all no brainwash. Gary, let, let, let him, I, I want him to talk. Yeah. Please. There's no amount of pareidolia 
that can mistake the motif of an Egyptian empire that these statues represent. Ultimately, what it comes down to, when we look at the images as what they are, from my standpoint, right. and from a standpoint of even the public, once it becomes available, is that we are not from here. That while this culture that was original to our soul system had motifs of the Egyptian empire, they also had motifs of uh, the South Asian empire. Uh, they had motifs of the Greek empire. How did these people who have a derelict spacecraft in orbit around Saturn, how did they project this knowledge onto our terrestrial ancestors? Uh, and we can really get into this. The, the thing of the matter is, is that we're not looking. We're not looking at the future when we see these things. We're looking at the very, very distant past. Right. Right. And right. This culture brought not only its 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 way of life. You know how it makes oxygen. How it absorbs. You know uh, solar energy. How it does any of the things that it does that makes life possible. It brought its culture with us. It brought its culture to the solar system. Please, and, please speak into the hole of the phone, you muffled. Replicated that, we have replicated that culture, not only in the, the images, the motifs, the religious motifs, but in how we actually construct buildings on the face of the planet. The builders. And there are many, there are many representations of large, extreme uh, fortifications, not only in Jerusalem, but in South America, where there are extremely large blocks of stone that have been moved. This is what we call physical evidence. Evidence being manifest. The evidence that's been made manifest to us, you know, these people who don't understand why this happened, are looking at this is a culture who could move heaven and earth, who could change planets, and yet as a people, we'll, we're still trying to understand, even with Masonic knowledge and general knowledge, how in the hell did they move these gigantic blocks of stone? Yeah. Right. And it's not only just manifest on this planet, it's manifest on Mars. It's manifest on the moon. It's manifest on Iapetus. How were these gigantic feats of civilian engineering made manifest. It wasn't because someone decided to snap their fingers. No. It was a people who made these things happen. Now, like the Great Wall of China, like uh, the the Statue of Rose, these things exist and then they perhaps fall and, and they cast down. Right? So, if there's anything that's on the moon, it's going to be very destroyed. Is this anything on Mars? It's going to be very destroyed. Except for the face on Mars. Faces. If there's anything on Iapetus, if there's anything on Iapetus, it's going to be screwed up too. It's not going to be pristine, if you understand what I mean. Absolutely. Yes, but it's a little hard to hear you. You're, you're, speaking, you're speaking muffled like your palm is uh, covering the circle where your mouth speaks. 
You're muffled. You're coming in muffled. Well, I, I'm sorry for that. I, I got my phone. Nobody's had any problem with it up until right now. Uh, it's been going and going. You're moving around or something. It's, it, it happens all the time. You're on a cell phone. Hey, let's go into uh, you're working for NACA at the Department of Interior. And when you started uh, working in the military and when you found out uh, what your grandfather was involved in and your bloodline and how that all correlated all together and how you how you felt when you found that out and um, the Department of Interior. I want to know more about that and your uh, your position and the Department of Interior. Uh and with NACA uh, guarding the things out west that Theodore Roosevelt uh, was briefed on. Well, all right. Well, that's, that's, that's almost a great Somebody's coming in. Oh, shit. Super hard mic. Call me on the side and yourself there for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'll just, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll pull out. Ah, that's what it is. <laughs> That's what I told her. You're good at hearing a muffled man. It sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Right. Yeah, audio is really bad. You got me now uh, there, Gary? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, how in the hell does... Uh, the, the, I mean, that's an entire show on its own. You know, how... <sighs> well, we'll how have, to, we have to set that up. We'll have to set that show up, but go ahead. How about we just talk about why flying saucers are called flying saucers and what they actually are? Okay. okay. And, and, that, all right. And who created them? But people also at some point, if that's where you want to go, that would be great. And Colby, if you're cool with that, uh, I know you had things you want to uh -huh. bring up. But, again, we could go as long as we want. But I definitely, and people want to know, Regards to this secret space program, because last time you on, you referenced that it's they're basically all Masons in on these secrets and con uh, not controlled, but uh, guided by those of this knowledge of which you're hinting and talking outright about, right? And and you said it's been a long There's time. There's really no hinting going on here. I mean, what I'm gonna, what I'm about to tell you is wildly available information to anybody who can access the computer. Right. So, originally, um, Colby had wanted me to talk about Roswell and why it's kind of a, its own apparent false flag. And I wanted to bring him back to the fact that, so, in Roswell, we had a crashed craft, right? Mm -hmm. We had little green men, right? Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, I know why all of these things happen, but I need to bring the history back. So before there was Roswell, in the same year, now you have to understand that Roswell happened in July of 1947. Right. In June of 1947, in Washington State, there was an incredible amount of all of a sudden the progenitor UFO sightings that went on. Kenneth Arnold. No, I mean, right. K. Arnold. Kenneth Arnold. 
24 June 1947 in Washington State, who was flying between Mount Rainer and Mount Adams, he found, to his much chagrin and surprise, flying triangles that looked bat-like. Now, I want to I want to repeat that. According to the witness, Kevin Arnold, he saw nine objects in military echelon formation, each with a detail of about 60 foot in span with a, a crescent or convex triangle shape, much like a bat. And the key thing here that's really going to screw a lot of people up is that they skip to the air much like saucers on water. Or like skipping stones, that effect. Well, yes, skipping stones like that effect, but what the witness, Mr. Arnold, was referring to was a very prominent sportsman term of the time, which was skeet shooting. And they called the skeet saucers. Right. So you could literally buy skeet saucers by the the product name of saucer. Shoot that skeet. So when he was trying to so when he was trying to explain what he saw from a distance of nine bat like objects flying through space that he saw in you know, airspace. Right. That they were skipping like saucers across the water. He was referencing skeet that would go across a dew pond or any other fast-moving object that would hit a thermal or a cold area of, uh, you know, actual airspace because that's how a jet fighter flies. Right. Now, Kevin Arnold would not know how a jet plane flew because he had never seen it before because no one in 1947 had ever seen a jet plane ever fly before. Right? Right. Except for the Horton Therefore, therefore, and I'm telling you right now, and we can do a whole show on this, at a Fairchild Air Force Base in Washington uh, State, there was the 15th Air Force, and there was the 15th Test Squadron, and the the 15th Test Fighter Interceptor Squadron, that its own shoulder patch has the symbology of the skull, of the top hat, and of the walking cane, which are synonymous with the 33rd Masonic Division, was flying out of Fairchild Air Force Base in Washington in 1947. And what were they flying? I know everyone's just dying to know what aircraft they were flying that looked like bats. It is the Horton Ho 229. Now, everyone in the world, everybody in the world needs to go scrambling to the computer right now and Googling the Horton Ho. I'll spell it. H-O-R-T-E-N. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, everyone. H-O-R-T-E-N. Hold on. on. Joseph Farrell will tell you that. Hold on. Hold on. Spell that out slowly again. Yeah, Joseph Farrell's shitting in his pants because I'm letting it all out. Spell, hey, uh, give that, spell it out again for everyone so we could do that. We're all on Google or whatever the oh, hell else. Holy shit. It's the H O R 
T-E-N-R-T. Oh, Horton. Who? Space Ho. H-O. Two two nine. Go look it up. All right, I'll look at in images, Google images. Well, that is. And you tell me that doesn't. Yeah, that does look like that, doesn't it? And uh, notice uh, they have German markings. Many of them. Well, at least German the markings is the metric that we're talking about here. The metric that we're talking about is that the actual progenitive witness, Kenneth Arnold, right. saw nine of these objects in military echelon formation. This is not something that an alien would do. Why would an alien fly in echelon formation like the military does? All right, that right? makes sense. And, then, and the detail that he said was that they were 60 foot in span, crescent or convex triangle, much like a bat. Well, guess what? The Horton Ho 229 had a wingspan of 55 feet. Precursors of the stealth. It looks very modern to stealth. So these modern stealths are basically uh, descendants of these earlier craft in my opinion, just by looking yeah. at it, though. Yeah. That's it. I don't know if I'm right. Well you, well, you have to understand, through Project Paperclip, we didn't just take, you know, Werner von Braun or, you know, maybe a sorted, uh, you know, geologist here or there. Shit, we man. also took technology. Mm-hmm. And the height of technology wasn't the Messerschmitt. It was the Horton Ho. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the Horton Ho had a very slim... Radar cross section versus the Messerschmitt. Now people are saying, "Well, what the hell? You know, what what is Capital Tool talking about? The difference between the Messerschmitt and the Horton?" Well, the Messerschmitt was a twin-engined uh, jet fighter, but it also looked like a regular airplane. Don't say your yeah, name. Don't say your name. Right <laughs> before you bitch at me. For the for the layman, you could call it a P fifty one Mustang with yeah. instead of a, a propeller, two small uh, jet engines. Now, how does the Horton Ho make a difference? Because it's what we call a B wing, a flying wing. It's not a single fuselage with wings. It is its own wing, and it flies under jet power. It is badass looking. It I'm going to tell you. Well, yes, it is. And it's very one. fast. Come to find one. out by the people who come to find out by the people who flew it in the 15th test squadron under the 15th air wing that were stationed out of guess where Fairchild Air Force Base in Washington State. Huh. So, what am I getting to? When the progenitive witness Kenneth Arnold in Washington State saw nine objects in military echelon formation. He described these craft as 60 feet in span in a convex triangle shape, much like a bat. However, the news organizations latched on to the fact that he said that they skipped to the air like a saucer on the walk. Then they became Why loud. Is this important? Why is the fact that he said skip to the air like a saucer on water important? Because this was a very a popular sporting term of the time. A lot of young gentlemen, especially pilots, shot skeet. And what did they call the skeet when they went to buy them? Saucers. Right. 
what did the saucers do when they shot across the land, when they hit cold or air bits? They went up and they went down. Right. That's why the, the progenitive witness, Kenneth Royal, said that these nine objects that, were, that look like bats moving at high speed shot through the air like saucers across the water. He's trying to explain to everyone else something that he has seen for himself being a skeet shooter. Hmm. He's trying to describe something that has never been seen before. Aircraft moving at jet speeds through the air. Like Star Destroyers. The closest equivalent he has mm-hmm. is saucer flying through the air because he's used to shooting skeet. Huh. So the newspapers latch on to this. And of course... The shape changes around. The small people, the ignorant... They latch onto this. They think that there are pie plants flying through the air, sucking up their cows. But that's not what it is. Flying saucers are not flying saucers. They're goddamn bat-like structures flying through the air. But the media, and the media itself, not the witnesses, not the people who are privy to the actual action, not the plaintiffs, if you were, mm-hmm. but the media has decided that these are flying saucers. Now, of course, the Air Army and Air Force Intelligence Division, because there was no differentiation between the Army and the Air Force at that time, are going to just let them go with it. Because the last thing anybody wants anybody to know is the fact that we have rebuilt the Horton Ho, and we are now tearing ass all through Washington and Alaska State, <laughs> new aircraft that he has stolen from, from oh, Germany. Okay, then that brings up the idea and the rumors and, and stories of people saying that the Germans actually got this from higher tech and from off-worlders or inner-worlders. Uh, real, well, of course, uh, real society. of course, if I'm Army and Air Force Intelligence, I'm going to propagate the fact that there are little green men out there flying aircraft. Now, I would like to get into why people think there are little green men running around, but then people would need to do a little history about what we dropped as an airborne division behind enemy lines and why people would assume that there are little green men running around because we've already done it. But let's stick to the fact that flying saucers are not flying saucers. Flying saucers are actually bat-like craft that are 60 foot in span. And they were booking ass through Washington did you on their that? way to Alaska. Sword, not, I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you see uh, Colby, you too, uh, several yeah. months back, there was a video put out of such a, a looking like craft, Batwing, glowing, screwing around with the Iranians who were trying to shoot at it. And this thing's performance and maneuvers were like, wow. And people were saying that was UFO. Hmm. Are you familiar I'd say with it's that? One of ours. That's what I'd say. Are you familiar with that one, Sword? Well, um, not necessarily, Gary, but what I would interject is the fact that. It's video. You yourself, Colby. Say the, again. Um, you have to understand. You have to understand it from this frame of mind. Just prior to Desert Storm, 
we were introduced to the F-117. That is the stealth aircraft. Mm -hmm. And then we are introduced to the B-2, which is both are flying wings. Both are offspring of the Horton Ho 229. Yeah, that's right. Now, we had these aircraft in production and flying and fucking with motherfuckers since 1960. <laughs> and people say, oh, well, that's, that's, that's bullshit. No, we would never do that. Well, let me put it to you this way. Yes, we have. And why would the U.S. military take its flagship stealth bombers and flagship stealth interceptors and put them on display before they invaded someplace. They put them on display because the powers that be, Russia, China, they knew what we had, and we were just kind of spilling the means like, that's right, what are you going to do about it? Here's what we got, and you can't you can't reproduce it. Well, maybe now they stole a, power, a lot of it secrets. It was a complete power move. Right. It was a complete power move. There's no military in the face of the goddamn planet is going to say, you know what? We're going to invade this country. And guess what? Here's our top of the line things that are so stealth that we're going to use against these, you know, third rate, you know, uh, you know, camel jockeys. There's no goddamn way that the U.S. military is going to throw their best and, and greatest out there just for public ammo. They're throwing it out there because that's that's the crap. That's the junk. You understand what I'm saying? Oh. This is the the not the most recent thing. It's the last generation. It's the crap. It's the stuff we're throwing away. We're showing it so we can get rid of it. Uh. Does anyone else understand this from a you know military perspective? So what are you, are you talking about? That what they have now is the TR3V, and more advanced than that. Is that where you're going going with it? What I'm going with is anything that you've heard about is probably 20 years behind the times. The same with the F-117, same with the B-2 Spirit Bomber. The only reason the U.S. military showed them off is because it was old generation, not new generation of aircraft. That's the only reason why we showed them off. Anyone who thinks differently is not a, a reader of history at all. All right, then what you're describing then, okay, we want to get rid of it. Therefore, we're advancing even our potential enemies slash allies with this technology, advancing the abilities of evolutionary technology on this planet. And... By the time, if we just to get rid of it, which means they would have to buy it, they would get some monies, and then their 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 big toys, the most recent. What's being done with them? Can we go to the moon and Mars inside them now? Uh, I mean, how advanced did they get? That we would want to give them the lesser garbage. Well, no, we we cannot go to the moon in a B two Spirit bomber. That's not what that aircraft is designed to do. Not that one. I was the saying the most make- modern, the things that they don't bring out. You said, Could, do they have those possibilities? So like you said, they're not going to bring that on the stage to the world, but they'll bring out these older ones, give them to the world, advance their technologies with this tech, 
Why would we do that? That would be a potential threat unless we have something far more advanced that we're holding on to. Is that what you're alluding to? Well, it's not necessarily the advance, the, the, that we have something that's, that's far more advanced. Let me put it to you this way. The F-15 uh, the F Strike Eagle on its uh-huh. own can leave Earth orbit under its own power. This is an incredibly powerful aircraft. Mm-hmm. It's the F-16, F-15 Strike Eagle, for God's sake. It's one of the most popular airframes in the United States Army Infantry. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, it's part of the arsenal, right? Well, yeah, guess what? Right that thing unaided with its own damn engines can leave Earth orbit on its own. So how hard would it be, really, to modify this aircraft to become spacecraft? It's not. <laughs> it's just not. But it's right there in front of everybody's face. We have a what we call a suborbital capable aircraft, airframe, that is in view, view of everyone. And no one takes to, to, no one takes the fact that this aircraft on its own, can leave Earth orbit under its own power. These jet engines are so ridiculously powerful now you're that they saying, can leave Earth orbit. You're saying leaving Earth orbit, not just low Earth orbit, bring, maybe bringing payloads or whatever else would be, but actually to leave the power of Earth's orbit, how far can it go beyond unless it's built up what, for minimum or maximum distance? I swear to God, and I'm going to be taking the woodshed for this, but an F-16 Eagle can traverse the moon and back wow. under its own current life support system. Get the fuck out of here. I hear you. There it is right there. It, it, an F-16 has escaped velocity to go to the moon and back. Did you just say that? It does. It's not just the F-16. It's the F-16. It's the F-15. Uh, uh, Both 50. can do it. Both can do it. Huh. But they don't talk about that. No, they don't, do they? <laughs> and, now, and now, Kobe, I know you got some Air Force friends and whatnot. You ask, and they'll tell you, yes, the F-16 Eagle and the F-16 Falcon can get out of Earth orbit with its own power, under its own fuel. Then that brings the implication of, never mind, can it? Let's ask the uh, most modern question. Does it? <laughs> yes. Fleets of them now going up there if they want to. Well, squadrons. Was there well, a... You know, you, you, it, it's, it's not popular in these days to be throwing... Uh, F-15s or F-16s into, you know, low Earth orbit, you know, just to, you know, what, shake your nuts? No. Uh, we already have our own naval force out there in, you know, in the form of submarine. It's already out there. Um, I hate to say it like this, but the other major powers like Russia, they tried building their own space program and they failed miserably. And they failed miserably because we kept kicking them out of orbit. China, they're trying to catch up. Never going to happen. The United States of America is always, from here on, period, is going to have the advantage of the high ground 
of space because we got there first. And when we got there, we didn't look back. We didn't tell the American public where we were going, but we did it anyway. And it's just one of those things that I live with being a Masonic person, you know, being a Masonic lodgeman. I, I just know these things and I know that they are manifest because I see the evidence of it all the damn time. But people cannot see the evidence that I'm seeing, not because I don't have the same information. It's because they just don't know where to look. Hmm. How about the possibility of a, uh, a device uh, that the Russians sent to check out our nuclear facilities around White Sands, Roswell, New Mexico area? Well, I don't know what the vice is talking about there at all, um, okay. but there is an incredible amount of uh, satellite intel that is going on right now. Um, while the United States Air Force would like to eliminate that, and it is the United States Air Force and the United States Cyber, Cyber Command and uh, Space Command will all want to eliminate that. Under current treaties, you just can't go shooting down a satellite because... When you do, that causes an incredible amount of debris that affects every other satellite that's out there. I'm talking about that. I was talking about more of not in 1947. Was there a possibility that the Russians had something uh, visiting our nuclear facilities, uh, like what the uh, uh, the, the Nazis had? Right, and, and do they match with uh, the modern declassifications of uh, them it's still happening? Not just us, but around the world at these sites. Is it these? Is it these Horner crafts? What what is it? And who is it? Do the Russians have a version of the Horton? Do you think? No, the Russians don't have essentially any version of any craft that we have. They do have some very exotic craft. Uh, for the space program, but uh, it's very few and far between. Um, they have, I guess, what you would call orbs um, that they have have launched and have not launched recently uh, into space. But uh, since then, a whole lot of nothing after you know the 1990s, 19, early 90s. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hmm. Um, well, I want to talk about Sworn and about the uh, construction of these submarines you've mentioned. I was just thinking and, uh, that. That's so cool you brought that up. And uh, there's a certain person that's uh, ripped you off concerning uh, this information. Uh, I don't quite like it, but uh, he's quite famous now in the UFO department. Uh talking about these submarines that the secret space program has. But I do know this. You were the first one to talk about it. And um, you told me something about uh, some type of construction, some type of bay in the Arctic North that was in polar orbit. Can you go into that one? And does it have does it have giant doors that open up like a triangle? I'll leave it at that. Go ahead. 
Well, no, there are no doors, and they do not open like a triangle. I had mentioned before in my blog um, that the Sworn, and it's spelled S-W-O-R-N, exists. It's a large aircraft carrier in space. It's it's about as basically uh, as I can describe it. Um, But it's also had two large bays that was used for construction of the initial uh, space program outside of what we know. And they were building submarines in space. And people say, well, why would they do that? Well, instead of reinventing a spacecraft, a submarine is a spacecraft. Right. Because the men inside don't see outside. They're the most... Right. Well, well trained. And they could be built bigger in space. Right? Right. So, the Swarm initially was built uh, to be an aircraft carrier in space um, for, you know, win or lose on some of the different products that came out of it. Uh, but the primary product that came out of it was the USN Safety that had these, uh, they're basically submarines in space. There's really no other way to describe them wah, wah. as a submarine and instead of having one con tower had four con towers and a completely different method of propulsion rather than a propeller. Because really when it comes down to it, when you're building a spacecraft for a large number of people, why are we reinventing the wheel when you can just launch a submarine? Because right. pressure, pressure coming in, pressure coming out, the space vessel does not need to change from its initial design at all. Now, right. the foreign used to be able to build these uh, until they, uh, the, uh, the new space shuttles, as we just call them, uh, became too large to be able to produce Sworn no longer produces them, and now they are built on a gantry uh, in polar orbit. Why is polar orbit important? Well, due to the U.S. space treaties and the fact that we were just going to do it anyway, uh, we have built these space objects completely in view in polar orbit of the Russians because what are they going to do? Wah, wah, wah. Right. What are they going to do? Uh, there was a, they would there was a there was a response to yeah, our obvious blatant, right there was a response to our obvious and blatant expansion into the space field and that battle was fought and I don't want to get into that right now mm-hmm. because that's Somebody you know bad you. right. Um, that battle was fought, um, and, and it's done. And that was with um, the Soviets? Quite... Not to get into it, you didn't want to talk about it. Was that with the Soviets? The battle, you said. Yes, it was with the Soviets, with their, with their, their very wild aircraft. Yeah. Interesting. There was, yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot that went down. Uh, 
that uh, eventually fell into the sea around the Aleutian Islands. Yeah, there was a lot of high high altitude space battles going on in my time, and some would say still continues. Uh, although I would like to think that it ended somewhere around uh, the Iraq War when uh, Russia crashed one of its weather satellites into one of our military communication satellites over um, Iraq. And I did write a blog post about that some number of years ago. Uh, and there has not been much activity since then. But the fact that that happened, that the Russians took one of their old um, weather satellites and crashed it into one of our military communication satellites was a huge big deal back in the day. Right. Hmm. Now, how big is this one? For people here, when you say submarines, fine, but I think this thing's bigger than a traditional submarine, correct? And or and or you could build them like you agreed to earlier. You could really build them out there if you want to. Well, yes. Uh, the the basic structure is a. The base is what we would call an octagon. Uh, the tip of it is uh, basically a pyramid, so it it has many facets to it. Um, originally, it was designed to be essentially an aircraft carrier in space. Uh, for better or for worse, it became a testing platform for all kinds of different, you know, uh, space warfare uh, programs. Is there any pictures um, we could find while you're describing it? Uh, or can you draw it out? Maybe for the next time you're on, we could, uh, you know, as a follow-up, because that's fascinating. How, how about being able to well, see that, it? That's brain. even better. Yeah, back in the day, I was able to link photographs of um, dudes with uh, ground-based telescopes uh, taking natural pictures of it. Yeah. And the yeah. two construction bays that I'm talking about. And when you see the images of it, you're basically looking at the bottom end of it, you know, the ass end of this this gigantic spacecraft. And you're asking, well, how big is it? Well, it's kind of hard to, I don't know the actual dimensions of it, but I have actually been on this goddamn thing, and it's gigantic. Is it the a giant platform? Is that it, what it is, is like? gigantic. It's big. Um, it's is it a so big, as a matter of fact, that the structure itself, um, outside of its design capability of being a uh, aircraft carrier in space, okay, uh, uh, is, is also manuf- it was also manufactured to hold two uh, twenty five thousand civilians on its own. Wow! Now you could really colonize some planets with that. <laughs> Right. This is because of the government of uh, or uh, the the office of government continuity. When this device, as they call it, was built, because it's really not a space, it's really not an aircraft carrier. It's really, it's a device. It's up there. It's not. Uh, while I call it an aircraft carrier in space, <coughs> that's what a layman would understand it to be. It's it's a device that's up there. Does it and, look like? Does it look like what it is in uh, Marvel Comics, like a flying aircraft carrier, something like that? No, it looks like a flying pyramid, for God's sake. And I and I say that because it's, like Stargate? it's baffling to see it. 
Like the ships of Stargate uh, by the gold? I, I don't know that reference. Okay. The Stargate SG-1 series. Uh, they had big octagonal type ships with pyramids in the middle. Huge. I am not familiar with that. I am not familiar with that, that right. program. I have not watched it. That's right. That's Well, that attributes to what you said earlier. So that's good. Uh, but listeners to the show may know uh, what I'm referring to here. I think that's what he is trying to describing. Like I said, maybe, Sword, next time you could provide a quick drawing or something. Uh, so this isn't something that could be shot out of the, the, the happy-go-pukey. <laughs> no. Uh, no, it would take a sustained effort to drop this vessel out of the sky. Most certainly. Hey, hey, Sword, I, I want to talk about uh, what you see coming uh, down the pipe, What you, uh, where you think uh, things are going to go with the secret space program, and do you think there's going to be disclosure to the Space Force, or do you think if they're just going to tell us that guardians or people at, at, uh, at computers running drones and, and using satellites, or do you think there's going to be guys going up uh, an actual aircraft and guarding for and, and where are we guarding from? The threats from these space, supposedly. You know. Well, I I understand where you're going with all that, and we probably need to wrap this up for tonight. Uh, okay. Where where is where is the secret space program going? Well, it's 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 going to go where it's going to go, and you're not going to know anything about it because it's a secret space program, right? <laughs> Hey, um, Sword, how many of these ships could be up there by now? And are they using, like, electromagnetic pulse, uh, well, you know, what weaponries or the propulsion? Is it anti-gravity or type things? Because obviously these could cruise around the solar system or, or more. Well, yes. It's, 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 it, when, when they're cruising around the solar system, they use what is a... Uh, already scientifically defined uh, galactic highway. Doesn't mean they're moving around the whole galactic, you know, sphere. They're moving around the solar system on uh, different, uh, how should I put it, uh, gravity wells. These gravity wells you can use to either land or even slingshot yourself around uh, the solar system in crazy different ways. Wow. Now, how many of these uh, submarines, uh, you know, deep space submarines are out there? I'm telling you right now, there's no, there is no less than 20. No less than 20, and there's 500 men on each. No less than 20, and, those and are that naval, could be Those are naval personnel. Those are U.S. naval personnel out there. And what about the cargo? You said it could fit up to 25,000 civilians on them, along with that no. personnel? No, that's only on the sworn on itself. The sworn. On the sworn, so there's only the one main ship. sworn. Right. They, they don't have a family of sworn class, multiple vessels, is what you're saying. They don't have that, or maybe. No, the sworn is its own thing. It's gotcha. it's an incredible tax uh, money sink. Uh, it exists. It does its thing. We're learning from it. It costs an incredible amount of money to keep it operational. Um, it, it, but it's its own thing. It's it's its own ship. There's it, there's no 
you know, uh, sworn one, two or three or five or six floating to no. Not yet. It's anyway. its own thing. All right. Who's in control of it? Who's in control of this? The Department of Navy? Yes, actually it is. Department of the Navy. And where would the Space Force now, the Guardians, fall into play in the, uh, uh, in, uh, the what's that, the merging of this? No, let me dispel something for you. Whatever Mike Pence, the current vice president, says, who's not going to be vice president much longer, well, I know whatever he says earlier. about the space program or about anything in general is for none. Nothing that those individuals can say can be taken for truth. Calling the secret space program guardians. Gary, let me tell you something. I'm going to start a... Um, Group of individuals to float boats uh, well, in you, Miami or you were around out there. the state of Florida, right. and their whole job is to make sure that dudes don't drown and the drugs don't come into the uh, country. I'm going to call it the boat patrol. <laughs> uh-huh. huh. You know what I just did? I just <laughs> invented the goddamn. I just invented the Coast Guard, and that is what <laughs> the, the Trump administration is doing. They're trying to. They're trying to put. They're trying to put lipstick on the pig after they've already cooked it. So why aren't they showing us the pig's ass? Why? Why the bullshit? And that is what because you. Because the Air Force, the, the Army, the military apparatus, has decided that guess what? You, the taxpayer, does not get to see this because if you, the taxpayer, saw this then everybody else in the world would see this. And if everyone else in the world saw this, then guess what? Russia would want it, and China would want it, and India would want it, and everybody would want to have the same access to space that we do. Why in the hell, as an American citizen or or soldier, would I allow any nation on this planet to have the same access to space that I would? It's ridiculous. Well, last time you were on... We have it. We have the capability to do it. What, what what makes me, as an American, makes me so ambivalent that I'm all of a sudden going to give India or Russia or anyone else the same access to space that I have? Well, that, that's, that makes what a lot What if an American of... gives me some sort of special gift that I want to do that? Well, ain't that what... Why, ain't why that, does the American but government... But that's what you're wanting to do. Why does the American government us. keep this hidden? Why does the American government keep the secret space program hidden? Right. Because no one wants every fucking asshole who can fly a goddamn plane up in space at all. There's enough trash up there. What? What's next? Russians doing their stupid shit? India? China? There's enough problems. So we're going to hold our high ground the way that we do. If anybody comes launching up, we don't want up here, we shoot them the hell down. It's just the way that it is. Nobody wants to hear it because everyone wants to think that the secret space program is some sort of ambivalent organization for humanity. Now you, no, you are out we there. We are not. You are out that there, right? Now, now you are out there. I'm not out there for humanity. I'm out there for America. Right. We have the America first. America first, exactly. And if they do ever come out. We need it to be secured and based on our infrastructure so all that that we have gained could be, what is that word, uh, protected until I don't see ever going to see an end of war. Well, 
you know, the difference I, is the people in control that they give a shit about the American people. That's the problem. That's Gary, you need to, Gary, you need to understand. It's not, it, when we do it, you're not going to have access to it. You? No, not that's, at all. That's right. The American right. public? No, not at all. No, not the at Masonic all. Order, the Masonic Scientists, you're goddamn right we are. Are we going to keep it from the rest of everyone else? You're goddamn right we are. But ain't that, ain't, that what your object, ain't, ain't that what your objective is not to do? That's why you're here. That's why you're so passionate about wanting to uh, bring these truths out. I mean, we all, as a nation, I don't know, somehow it's, it's going to evolve eventually to where the earth is going to, like, like, you. look, let me make this point. Like you said yourself, you give them the old technology to get rid of it, which advances them. Uh, evolutionary slow uh, our advancements and in intelligence and abilities at some point they're going to have the certain abilities too but we got to have the infrastructure secure so that if and when they do when we do go out into that expanse they're not a threat to the infrastructure we build that would uh, put a threat against our nation and like Trump said Overall, is the homeland, which would become a bigger meaning of the word one day, meaning the earth. Right. Well, let me tell you this much. I don't give a rat's ass what Trump says about goddamn anything. Oh, what I'm I telling you that. is the Masonic <laughs> Order has already been out there for a long time, and we're not privy to share the technology. So well, then it, why am I uh, t- you know, telling you all these things? Right. Because these things are going to become manifest. And people need to be aware of who's in control of these things and why. All right. Now, why is that so important? Why? What do you mean? Because obviously that's the crux of the matter. Maybe you could leave us all on a cliffhanger until we set up something again soon, I hope. Uh, because continue why? on. Yeah, this we why was he hide this? Well, let me put it to you this way. If we, it, let me put it, if Iapetus is found, to be what we believe it to be, which is a ancient art that is probably millions upon millions of years old. Right. Why in the hell would I allow the American public, let alone the Earth public, access to this to this vessel? Why would I do that? We're not Certainly, enough. I would we're say here it is, and we're learning some great things from it. But am I going to give? unfettered access to the rest of humanity for this? Oh, no, you no. Believe that, bottom bucket. I'm not going to fucking do that's that. That's what I meant by the infrastructure. By the time the world advances up there, that uh, infrastructure is secured to where that cannot be a threat of those type of things. Space is pretty big. There's lots of things for people to do and advance to and colonize and work. And, I, and I'm sure you agree, Sword. Uh, you got to have cooks. you got to have doctors. you got to have probably cops. you got to have, you know, patron stations. You're going to have hookers. You're going to, I mean, you got to have garbage men. You're absolutely this, right. You're absolutely I say, correct. I want to say something. We have to put things in, into perspective here. Just over 100 years ago, there was no education. Most people could not read. Okay, and then in the seventies, guitar playing, art, music, education had only been able to manifest some of the great artists and some of the great thinkers. So you have to put things in perspective. And, and do you think 
at this time people are ready to to hear this and have their dogma destroyed. And Brookings, uh, you can't get around Brookings, Colby. That's I, what I, that I, leads I, to. I, well, that's where I'm going. You can absolutely, you can absolutely get around Brookings through religion. Okay, it's well, as simple as it, I'm just making very a point. Simple. I mean, they, they they've talked about this, but I mean, when when does humanity have enough emotional and spiritual maturity to handle this? I mean, we can't even handle our own high half the time. I mean, we we need to be able to uh, talk in a dialect that's respectful to, towards one another, uh, solve some age old problems before we're we're uh, able to accept the fact that there is a Death Star-looking moon around Saturn. And uh, how's that going to react to people? I mean, I, I'll i tell you, you can look it up. It's right there. I think, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be inspired if they're allowed to think without putting fear into their minds. We're going to look, because part of the Brookings is... That yeah, societies rise and fall, but people have to adapt. You see, we got to go out there. We got to adapt to these things, and we will. But we got to secure our infrastructure and baby steps need be for the large infrastructure, like Sword was saying. You're not going to let the whole American or any other motherfucker come to Iapetus. That don't mean they can't know it's out there. That means you ain't going to get close, or you're going to go back down to the earth. Without having That's to destroy why, the current, Gary, Gary, you need to understand the current outlook on uh, on the planet right now is not discovery; it's fear. Well, that was instilled. every nation on the other, every nation on this planet is telling the other nation to fear the other nation. The motif for the planet right now is not discovery; it's fear. We must fear the other. Why must we fear the other? Because the media tells us to fear the other. Right. This is not a time of exploration. If I were to drop the fact, and it was made manifest, that Iapetus didn't come from here, and neither did we as a species. I could accept find that. Out, I could accept that, and most people can today. The Muslim world, uh-huh. the Muslim world uh-huh. would immediately proclaim a, a, a holy war against us. Because we have gone against the word of Muhammad. That is the the exact scenario that a U.S. military is looking at. You know how you can beat that? Outside of, outside of the planet. Sword, you know that how you can beat that, though? That we, the instant that we admit and present in the media evidence that we are not from here and that there's something else right. out there, when we make that manifest, the rest of the world will revolt. Why? Because the rest of the world doesn't think like us. And that's the rest Brookings. Of the world, a good well, third of them are Muslim. And that's, and, and, that's, and that's Brookings, though. The, the people, civilizations will crumble, the cargo cults, etc., the discovering scientists, but there will still be people that have to adapt. And we're at a time now on, based on Brookings where we must be told. I'm convinced of that. I'm living proof of that, even though I'm crazy without getting into that's it. Why. That's why Masons are initiated well, and tried. Now, Michael Dean, Michael Dean, a- Michael Dean asked a question. He goes, "I was a defense contractor, machinist for forty years. Where are the materials being manufactured for these spacecraft in space?" And I will say, 
are they any custom materials than what may not be used much here on Earth that would benefit in space? I think that's a good question to add on to that. Well, I'm a little confused by that question, but um, material yeah. sciences is one of the things that um, both NACA and now NASA is really behind. And now people think, oh, NASA is this monolithic um, organization, but the fact of the matter is that there are a god-awful number of organizations that are under the umbrella of NASA who are specifically designed to research new materials, new metal, new metallurgy, new new processes. And they've been doing that since 1947 out of Alamogordo Air Force Base. Right. It's a long, documented history of the United States government always coming up with something that is perceivably science fiction, but it's actually science fact. Hmm. That is amazing. It's all amazing stuff, and you know I we mean, could go on for hours. And so, uh, I mean, just to reiterate, just to reiterate here, really quick, we we wanted to talk about how Roswell was a false flag, and I went to before Roswell, where Kenneth Arnold saw these aircraft. And let's make these points very clear to your listeners: the progenitors. Witness saw nine aircraft right. that were 60 foot in diameter, all right, flying in an echelon formation. Something that, why would any aliens do this, right? And then skip through the air like honey pigeons, right? Because that's the only way you could describe it. They were not flying saucers at all, they were flying bats which are very reminiscent to the Horton Ho. And we know by fact that Fairchild Air Force Base in Washington State was the home of the air wing that was tasked with testing this aircraft. It's not a matter that this is some sort of, uh, I'm revealing something. This is widely known public information that no one hears. Because everyone wants to sell the sexy idea of little green men and grays or furries coming out of some goddamn aircraft. That's not what it is. It's the Air Force touring with you over a long period of decades after air decades of people just allowing themselves to fluff themselves over the fact that there are flying goddamn pie plates out there. Because the media itself, not the Air Force, the media itself planted this idea in the American psyche. And Americans have just ran with it. They just went with it. They didn't care what else was going on. They wanted to hear about aliens. They wanted to hear about people from other planets. They wanted to hear about pies in the sky. But the fact of the matter was, is the original guy who started talking about flying saucers, quote unquote, was not talking about flying saucers. He was talking about flying goddamn bats in the space of that, in which he was in flying. Now, do you he think... called flying saucers, flying saucers because of media. Right. The actual flying saucers weren't flying saucers at all. Right. Period. Now, uh, now we got, an we got another... another show. All right. 
But we got another question. talking about why people think they're little green men or little green men. But for Christ's sake, I'm so in this whole industry that, you know, UFO, you know, this whole shit, it's, I have always stated, and will always state, it's us. It's the American, it's us. We're doing this. Then what, 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 what Michael Fred says. We're making everyone think that there is stuff out there, that there is some sort of third party that is making all these things happen. No, it's us. We are the ones who created the space people. The, think, we are the ones who created the 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 grays, the con- aliens. That connection. We created all oh. this out of our own imagination. All right, then, who, like General Mark Milley, there's two points I want to bring up. General Mark Milley in 2016 to the group of uh, can, uh, candidates, uh, you know, uh, officers that graduated, that they were going to be fighting uh, hybrid armies, little green men. He didn't mention flying saucers, but he mentioned tribal, uh, po- political people. Like I mean, everything that we're seeing now that they would have to deal with where does the hybrid armies and little green men then fall into that? Gary, that sounds like complete and utter fucking bullshit. I don't know why he would the say hybrid it. Army, but... Hybrid what? Grays? I don't, I don't, he didn't say. Look, I'm going to put this just, just as simply as I can. It could be if animals in the existed <laughs> on this planet, then somebody needs to provide me with a corpse. Otherwise, I'm not buying it, and neither is any of the Masonic Order well, that's or true, anyone yeah. else is going to buy it, except for those who we call the Rubes. The Rubes. All right, now, now, this what, is new. now what about uh, the recent uh, uh, news about, you know, the Israeli intelligence uh, officer X or whatever uh, coming out about uh, a subsurface uh, illegal camps or the subsurface bases where American astronauts and apparently aliens for the lack of a better term, exist that they are aliens, who or what would they be? Would they be connected to those or ancestors of those who left Iapetus? All right, so let's take this for what it is. Some sort of Israeli pilot is talking about underground uh, aircraft bases. That's completely plausible. Co- completely plausible, based off of just what I've seen with my own eyes. Aliens? No. The only reason he would say that is probably to make it sexier to sell more papers. I mean, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be as, as firm on this as I can. When it comes to any sort of living, breathing aliens, I don't care if it's grays, reptilians, I don't care what it is. They do not exist. Until the day I see a corpse in front of me, they do not exist. It's a bunch, it's a complete bullshit. How far out in the space it's, or on one of these crafts have you been? And uh, did you encounter, I don't know, well, well, what, encounter obviously not aliens, anything else that would uh, deem the need to create a space force because they need many more boots? I've been in pretty high orbit, and the only thing I encountered was a firmer grasp of myself Hmm. and who I am on this planet and what I do here because I could see it. From afar. The last time you were on this show, you said that you were going to uh, help us to see. Tell us where the sworn was that we could see it. But we, 
obviously we went on other directions. You never had that chance. Uh, will you be able to help well, us do that maybe the next time you're on or at some point when you're ready, uh, you think that we're able to do it, to, to see it? I guess through telescopes is what you were meaning. From what I understand, um, the Sworn is under carbon shield in the moon Lagrange point L1. No, that does not mean you can't see it with a telescope. The problem being is, is telling people where to point it. So to get that longitude and declination, it's going to take some time. Okay. Hmm. So, Sword, let me ask you this. Do you think, is there any uh, Masonic lore that our progenitors will come back and visit us or check up on us? I don't believe so, no. Okay. From what we understand, and I say we being loosely in, you know, it's also what I've been told and what I've been able to gather, and I'm just one individual. We were left here, and I and I, and I continually state this: we were built as a slave race, and in our progenitors' moment of shame and doubt, and having to relocate, they left us behind. That all right? Go ahead. That's it. There, there's, there's no, there's no one stayed behind to you know, kind of guide us. None of that crap. And this whole, um, and this whole, and this whole agenda has been to put things back together and find out where we come from. Right. That's pretty much it. Fuck That's that. pretty much Fuck been that. There's a bigger order. There's a bigger problem there. Sword. I hear what you're saying, but to consider that you're saying that they just left us as a slave race. Then, then it's only common sense that they may be back. Why then wouldn't it be great for them to come back, even though it still may be, what's that word, you know, null and void of our efforts of getting out there in mass to help defend this planet and ourselves, because obviously they're not our friends. Why will they not come back? I will no, tell no, you no, no. the simple answer is time and space. What like if a bunch they, of parents ah, not taking responsibility. There, that, that gets into the questions that brings up a lot of issues of time and space. Well, well Gary, if I now. abandoned a dog, would I come back 20 years later to see if that dog is still there? Well, remember, they got something they left behind. No, you wouldn't. They got some things they left behind. How do we know? Based on their tech and their abilities... And how much through time that, that they have the potential to go through, let alone how long they may live, come back at some point. And then if they do see us, if they haven't already, what then? You're up there well, with a few men me, wanting to know the history. Come back, uh, if you're asking me if our progenitor is going to come back, I'm going to have to put a hard no well, on that. I, I, could, because, I, I hear you. It is extremely difficult to reach our star system under what we know as propulsion devices. Um, the reason I say that is because the uh, clouds of gas that normally exist between star systems don't exist between our star system and other local star systems. 
within, let's say, 100 years range. Now, you can look this up if you want, but there is no space gas within the most recent or most accessible four star systems of our star system. And one would ask why, and I would say maybe it's perhaps serendipity, but the most preferable way that we know of uh, to travel through the galaxy is to uh, a ram drive, a gigantic ram drive. And the only be able, way to be able to do a gigantic uh, ram drive is to have some sort of gas in the space in which you are operating in, in which we don't have it, unlike all the other solar systems around us that we can see. Hmm. So that leads one to believe either we used it all up or it didn't exist in the first place, and we are somehow in an anomaly outside of the greater expanse of the universe. What so moved, so what moved that of, planet? What moved that there planet? There are a lot of questions out to how and when we reached the stars and came back and whatnot. But I, uh, to answer your question, Gary, no, they're not coming back. We were left. What that I, I, I been, get that. I, I see. I, I see a mindset, but still, some tells me what if. But what is the method and means of movement? Of that planetary arc, and something tells me that ain't a slow piece of shit, or it wasn't. Electromagnetic. Would it need the that? Same, would it need uh, that gases? We, would it need those gases? The same way we can. This, we have figured out in my lifetime how to take a nuclear rickover standard submarine you know, nuclear propulsion, right. we have learned to turn that into an electromagnetic shield. That is how these space shuttles, as I call them, but they're, you know, submarines in production, that's how we're able to get around on the extraterrestrial highway, even though it's a solar system highway, in our solar system without killing everybody off after every solar burp that there is. That yeah, you're re- is yeah. the cornerstone uh, yeah. of exploring the damn solar system is being able to not absorb so many rads of radiation. There it is. There it is. So how do we do that? Well, it makes a shield. nuclear devices, much like the gravity well of the Earth or the sun, create a iron-nickel electronic magnetic force that stops solar radiation. How do we know that? Because we can see the northern lights. So that would protect the people inside as well as equipment or whatever else. Basically, it's like your Star Trek uh, shields. It's the beginning of it, yes. That's the reflection field, like a force field. But in the minimum, but in the minimum form, it should prevent... I was just going to say, but in the minimum, it should prevent uh, cancer and all that shit from at least the people inside and the minimal tech, shouldn't it? Or does it? Right, yeah. It does. Hmm, What people don't understand is the same way that magnets work and you throw iron filings out and you see these, you know, magnetic lines of flux that you can't see unless you throw the iron filings out with the magnet. Right. Those things exist in real world. You can't see them. Now, when a nuclear device does this, it does the same goddamn thing. It creates its own magnetic field, just like the Earth. 
just like the sun, just like every other planetoid object out there with any sort of mass. So wow. what we discovered when we during World War II, when we started designing uh, nuclear submarines, is that we could mask ourselves in an electromagnetic cloud. And we could do that to stop electromagnetic radiation. Because in itself, we are creating electromagnetic lines of flux, radiation. And that is basically like a omnidirectional shield against any other sort of radiation because we're creating our own radiation. Only our radiation happens to be positive and negative electromagnetic. Now, can any of that no. affect with a system for gravity? Because, fine, you may be protected by radiation. What protects you, especially on long hauls, far distances, God literally, and whoever's flying out there knows where? Space takes a toll. And they don't have no rotating no, things up there. Right? So is there, what is used to protect the human's bone density, muscle structure, uh, even exercise regimen that could sustain like we would here on Earth? You know what I'm saying here. You know the technical term. The answer is nothing, short of spin gravity. Now, okay. the warn the aircraft carrier in space, was a test bed for a lot of different technologies. Is the octagon shape with, of which the pyramid sits within it, is the octagon shape the spinning factor? Oh. No, the scorn does not spin. Okay. It uses eight, it uses eight rickovers to create a, um, I'm going to call it a hydrostatic field. Basically what it is, it pulls water molecules down. And, of course, our bodies are made of 75% water. Right. So it pulls these molecules down to give a, a, a false sense of gravity. Ooh. And this is where yeah, Corey Good Warren, got it, by the way. Warren does this under uh, an incredible amount of electricity. The um, space shuttles or the space submarines do not have this at all. Uh, to provide any sort of gravity whatsoever, they have to spin uh, at a certain uh, revolutions per minute uh, to allow the individuals who are in it uh, to have some sort of semblance of gravity. Hmm. And this is where Corey Good got it, by the way. And we have proof of that. Corey Good is just, he's a pretender, and everyone knows it. He's, he's ripped everybody off. So the process of what you just described here, you know, I'm, I'm just, don't mind me, I'm, my brain's trying to work here. It, it is a byproduct of which affects us cellularly to help to help us not have those problems without any gravitational control we would and I, but but maybe you could also control the various pressures using that can you beyond human uh, ability to withstand gravity to no gravity you know what I mean does that does that make sense no, I do understand what you mean, and I don't have an answer to that question. All right. I'm glad at least made sense, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think here, because I don't know why, because it, it just feels important. There's something there, and I, I, but I'm no, you know. But, damn, it is fascinating shit, i got to tell you. It just makes me wonder more questions. Just think about, S.W.O.R.D., the implications of what we as a public, this goes back to your old writings, 
you were wanting, it seems, for people to come to understand this because of what is coming. You hinted at it earlier. And I've had my clues and tips connected through some of those writings as well as other sources because it was stated parts of former Mother Planet survival procedures start digging in. Get the high ground. How fast did my new car go? I'm at high ground. And I didn't, uh, I was starting to lose faith until a few years back, which you remember, that big uh, Chabalinks, whatever that place is in Russia, of the incoming body, and then the things that have been happening since, things seem to be coming to fruition. So, but you were talking about then that there were, we, 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 in order to get that to adapt to, we have to get to what you were describing now that we have to adapt and come to know because of this event. I think you, I don't know if you called it Planet of the Cross. I think you call it Star of the Crossing. We still would go back to the Planet of the Crossing, in my opinion. I think you and I would touch base. I got to go over those uh, archives. Forgive me, but... Uh, well, speaking of, the planet, speaking of the Planet of the Crossing, tomorrow there's going to be a conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter that has not been seen before in quite a number Eight. of decades. It's years. incredibly important to the Masonic order. Okay. It's, it's so incredibly important that here within about eight hours, I'm getting on the plane. I'm flying to uh, Utah to go to Zion National Park so that I can hike up Angel's Landing and sit with uh, my fellow gentlemen who are laying um, quite a number of instruments at this conjunction. And it's, how do I put it? It's something the Masonic Order's just been absolutely waiting to jump on. This is a, this is a conjunction that previously was associated with the uh, forecoming of Jesus. So this is incredibly important with us. So and you're saying the Bethlehem star as it was? Tomorrow night, about 48 hours from now. Are you saying hey guys, like, the, the Bethlehem star? I think we've got a lot done tonight, and uh, I think we should wrap this up. Um, and we should save the, yeah, the rest for another oh. show. Oh, actually, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, well, it'll be great. And just to wrap this up, I want to make it very clear that the individual who first stated that there were such a thing as flying saucers didn't say the word flying saucers in association with the craft. Right. These look like that. They were 60 feet in diameter. Well, guess what? The Horton Hull, the B-Wing, that's what we were flying. And I think, and it probably will take us to another show, but I can show uh, actual proof of Masonic uh, tendrils or feelings in every single unit since then to now. But we'll see you there for a different day, and we need to wrap it up for right now. All right. Well, I guess if that must be, it must be. But uh, we definitely appreciate it, uh, you appearing. You sound good. Uh, I think this Thank you, Gary. I think this, Thank you. show should continue. So uh, don't be a stranger. Give me a shout. And uh, still many more questions. Damn, I'm down. I'm just too bad you guys got to go. But I do appreciate it. I'm sure my co-producers do too. <laughs> you know, but uh, you never know. I got church tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I've got family, and I've got uh, I've got church tomorrow, and we're having lunch, and 
I have responsibilities. I hear that, man. I hear that. But, uh, you know, thanks uh, for doing this and keep rocking, man. Hey, thank you, Gary. You're rock and roll yourself, man. And I appreciate it. I appreciate my song being played. That is That was the best part. Yeah, that's cool, man. Definitely cool. And the knowledge that comes from this, because, you know, I'm crazy. But yet, listen to the things, you know, that's being said here and that's being told you out there and keeping you mystified and everything. And, uh, well, again, Kevin Arnold, and it's true, he did not describe the circle disc. Skeet, you know, someone that loves shooting skeet in other forms made up those lies for us. You know, it's bullshit. And uh, all I know is that we did see the F-117 at that time. We had seen them advance. So... I think it's a no-brainer, and it, it fascinates me. It needs, but in my vision of the, how we must make our fate, of why I'm here, phase back through time again. I'm crazy. So it, we need to utilize space. People are going to have to adapt. Civilizations may fall, but we have, must continue to rise and face the unknown, especially the threats coming from deep space, whether they're parts of former mother planet or whoever those that left us, or some other godforsaken, pun intended, personalities who are also wandering out there, and God knows what else, even for the benefits of humanity. I mean, God, man, you experienced something few would even be able to dream of, even witnessing, let alone, you know, taking it so cordially as fact from your perspective is truth there's no aliens but you know and but i do understand it's what we have been brainwashed and taught to so many have made uh you know buku bucks off of it this is supposed to be about the truth but i'm convinced in one thing i'm here to make i uh again make our fate we must make it and all i need is two percent i'm crazy but thank you for showing up let's do this again sometime soon and uh I thought it was pretty right. interesting. So thank you guys, and you guys have a good night. Thank you, Gary. Bless you well, and your family. I appreciate your time, Gary. Thanks. All right, bro. Good Keep night. rocking. Keep good in night. touch, too. I'm serious. Yeah, more yeah, shows, Sword. More shows. Bye-bye. We're going to make our fate. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So I know I'm crazy. That's okay. You know, I still have more questions and other areas to go. You know, but uh, I think it leaves off on a path to where again it must continue you know uh, these are the things that he was alluding to and which I was trying to also bring up it's a hodgepodge to many of you but listen to the previous archives of at least of us and his and the experience here rather uh, as well as what he puts forth out there and information for you to follow throughout the blogs and whatnot and also a Twilight Zone episode of the crux of why and how we're even here doing this is a miracle, but I don't believe so. You know, I'm just going to say this. We're on a new timeline. I'm here to help make our fate. And it doesn't matter anything else of what may or may not be true in any other versions. But what we do now and deal with what the path we've been given and the missions we've undertaken to achieve to make that fate as it needs to come to be. And all I need is 2%. Where will that go? 
our securing of space, our all our participation in space. The only way to secure this nation is to make it great permanently. Even if we must close all the fucking borders, which is what I say we should do. Get behind Elon Musk and have people with big balls like that to get us out there unless and until, like swords people and stuff, wakes up, no disrespect, and allows us along for the ride. Because I'm, again, I'm here phased back through time myself. And there is a threat coming from deep space. And we must meet it and them. Because it's coming for us. And scripturally speaking, nothing goes against that and my faith. 30% of the cosmos had a problem. 30% what we meet of them. And unseen beings. People are stating that could be here now. Scientists saying that. All of these, what is the real truth that these guys are aware of? And if that's true, maybe they are still around. We just don't see them. But, again, he'll have to get into that later. And they left. That should be an interesting real story. Previous archives, I believe we've touched base on it. I got to go back to that myself. This is important. It's an epiphany of who I am and what I'm here supposed to do. And what I'm convinced in my heart, despite the differences that there may be in the twists of fates as it was, he is more part of making our fate than I think he realizes. And maybe that's part of the Brookings aspect he must face. But I could be just talking shit, of course, because I'm crazy. But yet, look at the things he's revealing about. How could you dispute it? There's things that are out there. Look, he told me to type in a damn thing, which I've seen it before, but I never put too much connection to Kenneth Arnold. Though I've known about the Kevin Arnold story for years. I mean, it's stupid shit like that, but most people don't know this because they're not taught of this in schools. Those who have the knowledge of this and the abilities, we must go out there, but it must be built on an infrastructure to where eventually the world will follow because our infrastructure is what's going to protect what the main thing is. Anyway, for everyone to survive and to face what it is that's coming, whether it's colonizing, and maybe maybe 10 years, maybe 50 years, maybe 1,000, maybe 100,000, but we'll be out there, we'll be ready, and we'll be thriving. And this place here on Earth... It's going to go through some whoop-de-doos till kingdom come. All I know is that it raises many issues. I'm a madman. They don't call me Mad Martian for nothing. But all these tales, you heard Sword himself. There may very well be these bases on Mars. Of course, if they have these ships and shit, they could go there, something land. Go even under the surface or other things. I don't know. Are they in cahoots, these any so-called alien beings? I respect his position, and I and from his experience, I guess from what he sees and how he knows things, that's a perspective that obviously, like he says, is painful to hear the truth. I don't know. I got many questions myself, more personally involved, maybe than anyone even listening here because I'm so fucking crazy. But you know what? All I'm going to say is this. We're all just psychotic kids. Good night. I see pictures in my head A world where the suffering's dead And they can't fight or unjust the arrest Anybody? 
for the color of the body.